0: Welcome to the New Monks. This podcast is dedicated to those of us on the journey of evolution. Through these episodes, we will dive into the lives of individual people and discover what they have learnt and how they have handled their growth. We believe that we all have wisdom to be shared with each other and can learn from listening to each other's stories. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, If you feel like leaving us a review and sharing the love, that would be greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back to episode number 20 of the New Monks podcast. And in this episode I'm talking to Fez, who I met in Ibiza at a plant medicine ceremony, which was really beautiful. And he told me his story back then, and I just remember... I was so in awe of his journey. It's a really, really, really crazy ride that really does sound like it's from a film, from a fictional film. And so I'm really, really happy that he's here sharing it with all of us and sharing in the wisdom and gems that he's learnt along the way, because it's it's definitely been a, a testing ride. So we talk about his father's death at the age of 12 going to prison for the first time for seven and a half months withdrawing from heroin it's a journey wrapped in drugs and crime growing up in the 80s influenced by American hip hop all the different things that happened to him while he was in prison travelling and getting caught up continuing to get get caught up in crime and then to completely changing his story and his life and who he is and Finding religion in prison in Turkey and asking for forgiveness, finding God, finding Allah and closing that door of crime, drugs and prison and finding a new life in hospitality and spirituality and the unknown of where that is taking him. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. It's really, really, really is a beautiful, beautiful story and thank you so much for sharing it with us. <sighs> Ready? Yeah. yeah. Alright, cool. Alright, cool. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, it's a pleasure, mate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really excited actually with this one. I feel like it's going to be really juicy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm quite excited as well. So it's like the first time I'm proper doing it and uh, like I said to you before, it's like therapy for me as well, just talking.
0: It's nice. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how we begin is just start by taking a few deep breaths in and out. Yeah. And then just tell
1: us how you're feeling right now. Uh, how am I feeling right now? I I, I feel good actually, to be honest. Yeah. Very miserable outside. <laughs> it's like it's raining, but I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just being general. Even if it's grey outside, I still feel like sunshine inside. So. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I it's love just, that. Just so mindset
1: in it? It's how you kind of.
0: Yeah. But how did you get
1: to that place? How did I get to that place? <laughs> well, wow. it's been hard work, mate. To be honest, it to be very hard work. How did I get to that place? Um, Seeing the positive things, I don't know, just being through certain experiences in my life, yeah, and always realizing that shit could be much worse.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, what look at the positive in whatever you're going through. So, even though the bad is the worst shit I've done. I was like, yeah, but it could be worse than this. Getting to jail is like a really bad Something. It's like, yeah, but it could be much worse. I could have lost my leg in what just happened,
2: mm-hmm. or I could have lost my
1: arm or anything like that but I could be dead. But instead I'm doing 18 months in jail, so what? Do you know what I mean? So you just always look at the, the much worse out there. Ah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my mum used to say certain things. I was like, yeah, but you're complaining about yeah. your restaurant. or Yeah, it doesn't make enough money. Mate, there's people starving out there. Mm. So do you really want to compare to that? Yeah, I know. But I'm, and, and the people's argument is, yeah, but that's not us. I was like, yeah, and that's not us. So we should that's, be very grateful, It's yeah. that's not us. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. so that's how i got to that place it's just how i and and it hasn't always been like that there yeah. was times i'd be like oh why did my dad have to die well well it's quite a life in it but just when you grow up you become more wiser
2: yeah, yeah, you know I mean? yeah.
1: but I, I was all right actually from quite young i've always been quite positive anyway mm-hmm. even then i was mm-hmm. 1995 my dad's death and i was still quite kind of positive because of the teachings and things around me and my brothers are good as well and they were like you know what you know it's inevitable it happens mm-hmm. and and when you're 12 years old and you hear your dad died at a party, it's quite mad, is it? It's it's, it's a mad feeling. So, but right from then, it was then. It was where it oh, all wow. kind of changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because of the when you lose someone that close to you.
2: Wow.
1: And my dad was a ledge. Wow. He was a ledge, that. like proper top man. And when 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 you lose someone that close to you, it changes you completely. I'm not yeah. saying if it works, some people can, some people might take it bad and be like yeah, yeah, depressed yeah. and stuff like that. But it changes you in meaning on how you're, how you, how you look at things, yeah. and, you know what I mean? How you trust people, how you don't mm-hmm. trust people, how you're smarter than that mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's that, from 1995, it all kind of changed that, that I was always, kind of, I was innocent as well then. But I'm saying that innocence goes a little bit though.
0: Yeah.
1: And then you you struggle to it. you struggle to yeah. You struggle to, what's it called, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm thinking, isn't it. The rice is boiling, <laughs> and I can hear it getting high. high. It's annoying me, man. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. So, yeah, so then you you you, you struggle to trust yeah. people or invest in feelings. You invest in emotion. You're like, too much. You're like, ah. Oh. You hold back a bit because of that.
0: So interesting. How come you found out when you were at a party?
1: I was at a party. My dad was at a party. Oh, wow. I It was it's really weird as well because my the time of death, actual time of death,
0: yeah.
1: After when the you know, hospital records and stuff, he died at like I can't remember exactly, but it's like eleven forty seven 47 pm, right?
2: Yeah,
1: and it's gonna be really weird because that day I went, I fell asleep in my mum and dad's bed, right? Because them days before with Sky TV, before all of that, it was Teletext, right? Yeah, so you went, no, 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 no. yeah used to play Teletext games, bamboozle and all these things. Anyway, Teletext was because I was watching the football scores. It was the semi-final, I think it was Liverpool-Arsenal, I think it was. And um, I can't remember actually what match it was. Anyway, but I was really interested in the score. So I was like, I'm oh, watching the Teletext and I fall asleep. School night, is a Thursday. I was like, right? And um, I fell asleep with Teletext on the screen. And I remember just waking up at the blue and I remember looking at the TV I was like, rah. And it, I remember looking at teletext, and the time digitally, and the corner was eleven forty-seven. Wow. I see, yeah. And cool. I was like, I looked to my right. My mum's not there. Dad's not there. I was like, I don't know. If my dad went to party, but my mum. Well, it's eleven. It's still quite late now. Anyway, and then um, I uh, went back to sleep. Then I got woken up at three in the morning by my brother. Yeah. My big brother comes in. I'm still to my left and right. There's no mum and dad. But my brother comes in. I was like, what is he doing? Fully clothed as well. And then she later I found out he came from the hospital, that's why he was clothed. Um, and he comes in, and he went, you know, first I need to tell you something. I was like, oh, cool. I'm half asleep as well.
2: Yeah.
1: And he goes, you know, your um, you know, dad went to this party and stuff. It was like a company party, work party, which my mum always goes to. She didn't go that year. Wow. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dad had a, a heart attack. I was like, and my dad, I told you, sledge and he's strong, right? Yeah. He's had a heart attack before. And he had a heart first heart attack at 28 years old on a rugby pitch and survived it. From that day onwards, I thought my dad's like a Superman, bro. Like mm-hmm. people you hear about people having heart attack, my man just my dad my man just brushes it off, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that and my brother said he didn't make it. So I was like, I still didn't register. Like, what do you mean? Remember, I'm still half asleep, right? It's three in the morning. That's For a 12 year old to be up heart- three in the morning, it's like. Huh? <laughs> and then he was like, "Come with me," and then I then it hit home. Tearing up really badly, and I was like, walked into my bedroom, where well, I should have been, walked into my bed. my mum's there with my middle brother, crying and crying and crying. And see my mum like then then all the tears come out. Yeah, and then you start crying. Then all three of us were on my bed and all hugging and shit, yeah. So I was like, wow, what's happening? What's really happening? All the lights are on, it's late, and let's go downstairs. Let's go and get some downstairs. So went downstairs, all my family are there.
2: Like wow, cousins I don't yeah.
1: even see wow. they've all come out in the middle of the night because my dad was, didn't die instantly he was in hospital
0: yeah
1: and then um, they were all there and then everyone started just hugging me and holding me and then it just thunking, in and they all stayed around for days and everyone's going and coming that's how it is in my family and like they were just going home freshen up they would come back and they were just supporting us yeah for the next few days and then it started hitting on so that's how, that's how I found out so that was the party my dad was at a party and he was always like the life of the party as well so um and and he never drank never smoked but loved to eat yeah and uh and you obviously know about you've been to india and you know about the indian diet ate the healthiest diet you get me and yeah? my dad just munched. he's like ah, oh, you only live once mm, yeah really yeah, <laughs> and he just yeah. you know what i mean so so he used to eat but then when they've done the autopsy and stuff the, the doctor did say that um he had narrow arteries from young anyway. Oh wow. Anyway, then when it came out, it was like all the details and stuff. My dad died at eleven forty seven I say, and I woke up at eleven forty seven. I was mm. like, so something hit me when he yeah, actually yeah, passed. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's wild. So that was that. It is crazy those experiences have a massive impact on you, especially at such a young age. Yeah, I was the youngest
1: of my family. That like yeah. my brother my brother my, my brother's is like three years between us. like three years and three years, yeah. six years me and my oldest brother so and, and being the youngest as well, I think that yeah, I, I, it's, it's, everyone has their own journey and everyone takes it however they take it. And like my brother must yeah. have felt it. I, I feel mm-hmm. more. He says no, but I felt it more because he was like 18. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and
1: being 18 and you've experienced certain things with yeah. your dad, and he was like, played rugby with my dad,
0: Yeah.
1: and stuff like that, and experienced. At 12, I just saw that
0: yeah. in it.
1: He must have gone through problems with his dad his teenage years. Yeah. So there might have been more conflict or not, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So I always feel that he must have felt it worse yeah. than me. I had just only good memories. Yeah. I didn't really get slapped up by my dad, even though he didn't really slap us anyway. But I mean, like, yeah, 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 yeah. naughty, like, pull my ear yeah. and stuff like that. I didn't really feel anything really bad from him. Everything was like, good, 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 good.
0: I was coming to yeah. support me at
1: rugby, coming to support me at football, and a very supportive dad anyway. So, yeah. I was
0: reading this book, Gabo Mete, it's Scattered. He says, like, when you grow up in a family, there's no one child who has exactly the same experience. No way. Or, no way. It's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's why my middle brother was crying a lot, and I was like, you uh-huh. weren't even that close to my dad. Wow. But, but, but and when, when he opens up, he's like, what are you talking about? Of course I was. Oh, we used to always think he was a mummy's boy, but yeah. he, had his own, he had his own relationship with his dad. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah With my dad. Yeah. Like, do
1: you know what I mean? He, he goes, I remember what, the day we had to wash the body, right? And being that young, watch, washing your, dad, your dad's body's crap,
2: Deep,
1: mm. he's like I couldn't do it. He's crying, yeah? and I was like, "What are you crying for?" Like, like, like right now? Why are you hysterically crying? Like, why right now? Because I was just thinking about the golf trip me and Dad went on in India. My dad took him on a golf trip for his airline, Air India, and he was a golf and He was just, just remembering it. I was like, "Wow!" And then, but you don't really like. You, I was just thinking everything's sunshine lollipops for me. It's like, yeah, that's all good, mate. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying, I, 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 wicked. I remember my Dad doing this and doing this and doing that. But don't get me wrong, it hit me, but. Yeah. We all have a different way of expressing yeah. showing emotion as well.
2: Yeah.
1: And and some people to this day say oh, but you seem really cold and stuff like not cold I, but because I because they when they get to know me they'll know I'm nowhere near cold. Yeah. But I don't cry that easily. Yeah. Yeah, that could be everything I've been through since that age onwards. Yeah.
0: It's so crazy, isn't it? Like mm. how your experiences is, bu- it's like it builds a muscle in you. Yeah. And then it's
1: just Like certain things have happened. Yeah. Certain close people in my family have died and it's not that I don't feel emotional, but I just can't cry oh, yeah. at that and i think maybe i've become uh, not cold but i mean like strong to things because of what i've been through right
2: yeah
0: yeah and not
1: just my dad but i mean sitting in jail yeah. sitting in jail in another country yeah.
0: drug use yeah.
1: drug use as well makes you quite numb as well then it yeah yeah, yeah it makes you very numb The drugs i've done as well you know what i mean when you do crack and everything it makes you very numb do you know what i mean if i knew the way my mum reacts now yeah. then it might have got me up. I might have stopped years ago. Do you understand? But my mum's crying. I didn't really feel it when she was crying and screaming at me and shouting at me. Because for me it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. But now, when I look back at my mum, I'm like, rawr. That, would, that, should have, that should have put shivers down my spine, man. To see my mum screaming and crying and staying up at three fours in the morning. For me it was just like, what are you doing here? Why are you, why are you up? Because I was worried about you. But you don't even think about them things at that time, like. Mom's worried about me, or she's yeah. trying to, and 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 you just you're just oblivious to it all.
0: It's so crazy. I think even sometimes at a young age, when you go through a lot, that can like close you off a bit to your emotions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hundred percent. Totally agree.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. So so I was closed up, and then and then when and then and it's it's hard to get back. So when you when I eventually stopped drugs, and I was like, okay, cool. We get to that bit, but I mean, I found it hard to and I still do, to this day. Yeah. To be completely... My mum cries in front of me about talking about her past or yeah, yeah, things, yeah. whatever she talks about. Like, And when she cries, like, my girl's been there, and my, people have been there. And we, we're not really that like, oh, mum, you are right. right? We we're not like that. We just haven't been built like that. Me and mum, all my brothers. And with me, I struggle to even, like, when normally you see someone cry, yeah, you normally cry with them. Because mm-hmm. you're like, uh... Yeah, you know I mean, if you feel I really, like that. you couldn't yeah. cry with her because it's just emotion empathy. and it's just empathy, yeah. yeah. And the last time I done that I was at like twelve years old.
0: Wow, so and that's twelve. And
1: I don't be really crying, and that was and that was when my dad died yeah. because I saw her cry, I started crying.
0: Yeah.
1: But after that, I do cries. I don't cry with her. I'm just like, Mum, come, just you're, you're solid, man. Don't, worry about it. don't cry about it. It's cool. These are good things. These are good things. Get a future. Whatever it is.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you know what I'm saying? It's quite interesting. So the emotion, the emotion plays a massive part in my life. I've had the ups, downs, everything. Yeah, yeah, And I and I put that down to deaths, like I said, drugs and what you go through and what you've been through.
0: It's mad. So yeah, you sm- spoke a little bit now just about um prison and your journey with drugs I would love to do. Be-
1: right? yeah, 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 because so so about prison mm. for people it's a really negative thing. Uh,
0: yeah, it's such like, a in society? In
1: society. And, and even the people that have gone to jail, mm-hmm. they're really negative about it. And this is the weird thing, and this is why this is going to be, um, it, it could be really interesting, because i tell you why, yeah. yeah when cause... I tell people, they try to say, oh, but you're just glorifying it, or you're this, and that, and the other. No, I'm not glorifying it, right? But before I went to jail, yeah. this is going to sound really weird, right? Oh. I, want, I wanted to go to jail. Wow. Because I was like, I would love to experience what it's like. I went to a boys' school. It's all that banter, and it's all about everyone just like, like, you know what I mean? It, so when I went to jail, it was the same as that. It was like going to a boys' school for me. It was like everyone was just... Everyone was taking the piss out of everyone. Everyone was beefing everyone, yeah? And them times, it was really rough because when I first went to jail, I went when I was 17 years old, yeah? I went to Feltham Young Offenders. And Feltham Young Offenders, them days, was no joke. Really? No, 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 no. It was no joke.
0: Where is that
1: one? Feltham is in uh, a place called Middlesex, okay. which is near, like, Staines. Yeah. Actually. But I grew up around that area. So I grew up in... Um, a place called Stanwell yeah Ashford yeah. Stanwell Ashford Middlesex not Ashford Kent, and, and, and I remember when this jail was built yeah I remember when his younger friend was built and I had a rugby coach respect for rugby um, Staines RFC, yeah. Staines rugby football club and and our training he was a prison guard but you don't realise these this at that age but I remember him being um, a prison guard right
2: yeah
1: and he obviously had to deal with them and said look can I he was a coach for our team as well on the weekend and it's, could I bring my boys and we can use the gymnasium here? So our training sessions were at Felton,
0: oh, wow, right? When okay. it first opened, yeah. right?
1: And um, and I remember just seeing prisoners at their windows when we were walking through the jail. And I remember seeing prisoners. I was thinking, and it was new. It was a new jail. It's like not like them old school nineteen hundreds, like wooden scrubs and Wandsworth and stuff like that. It was like a new jail. So I was like, this must be fun, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, and I was, like, saw prisoners all taking a piss out the windows, they all bantering with each other. Later to find out, it's called window worrying. Yeah, window warriors. They start and argue and everything out of windows, right? And um, so I remember doing that, I remember training in these places. Yeah. And um, and I don't know what it was. It was just like, I would just love to experience it. And my life has always been about, oh, you know, it's just down to experience. I've always put things in my head and made myself feel better by saying, if it's bad or good, or oh, yeah, but it's experiencing it, it's what life's about experiencing things and i always had this thing about jail and i was like i'd love to experience it and that is because of films we watched i watched such like films growing up Shawshank redemption and it's, and i was like I, I remember watching malcolm x and i was like and in, in there and and jail in america is a completely different, different story right? <laughs> you like you know san quentin rikers island all these like when you watch documentaries now on netflix years later and you think but them days, when I was watching Malcolm X, I was like, oh man, this, 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 this is where this guy got his revelation, this is where he turned Muslim, and it's like, yeah, it must be.
0: Wow, yeah. And,
1: and, and you think these things, so that I thought, I'd love to experience it one day, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, and then later on, 17 years old, I got arrested for burglary, I got to jail, yeah? And I remember going and I was like, I remember this place. And then it came to me that I came here when I was young, playing yeah. rugby. Wow. So and I was like eight years old, 10, 10 years old, whatever, right? And I was like, wow. And I remember it getting, I remember it on this bill. And I remember coming here, playing rugby, and now I'm here myself in a cell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it was just like the maddest experience. So, so jail for other people was, is really negative. But for me, you said something when you walked in. You said, oh, it's really tidy. Yeah, 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 yeah. My tidiness and cleanliness and all that of like my, where I stay my accommodation, it was drummed into me from a young age. My mum was really tired anyway, she's cleaning the house, and has to watch her clean the house, and I've always liked to live in a nice environment. right? Yeah. And I always, and there's enough you know, people say, oh, you know what, you're clear, cleanliness, next to godliness, I get that, but I mean, if you've got too much junk around, it's not good for your brain as well. Like, you mean, you've got something clear, your mind will be clear as well. And yeah. I'm a massive believer yeah. in that, yeah? 100%, yeah. So then, so my mum was really tired anyway, the, and then, so when I got to jail, it was like, I remember the first day. Comes in, prison guard, I remember this prison guard, yeah? And he came in, I forgot his name, and he comes in and he goes, you got to make your bedpack. I was like, What do you mean, you've got to make your bed pack? you got to clean the you got to take the sheets off, fold them up, you've got to leave them at the end of the bed, you got this, they got that, you got to sweep your cell, it's got to be really tidy because this is the youngest fenders. They're trying to put this into you, they're trying to drum this into you, yeah, and get you into this kind of rehabilitation of like who you are and that wherever you lived before no when you're here you gotta get used to, anyway so um and I remember having to clean my cell every day I remember having to make my bed every day and even my mum used to make me do it but you're tidy and everything has to be clean and and when you see people feel like people your own age doing this because they've been in jail longer than you, you use things normal and then from there it was like I'm always gonna keep my house clean mm. I'm always gonna keep my room clean so all the way through jail all the years I've in and out of jail how
0: long were you there that's...
1: that first I was there seven and a half months so when you first get taken off the road and your freedom gets taken away from you that's no joke as well And my mum, even now I was in jail for the first three what? days and it is so weird I'm like mate you're gonna hear this one it was so weird <laughs> I used to have a neighbor right yeah and my neighbor is an Irish guy I'm married to an Indian woman and uh, they had just a bit weird anyway, the couple, but like, yeah. they never really talked to us that much. Yeah. But I used to always see him and he used to wear his black outfit and used to go to work in the mornings, yeah. And I'd be like waking up and I see him in the morning, I say, oh, morning, you're right. And those are the days where you used to talk to your neighbours as well, and you know what I mean? It was like quite friendly and stuff. So oh, i like, mate. I was like, Yeah, cool. That was an Irish accent. But, like, <laughs> I thought it was Irish. I totally, yeah. It was scouts, yeah scouts. Anyway. <laughs> so he walks to work and I used to see it anyway. So, my first night in jail, and obviously, I'm withdrawing from drugs. Yeah, because I was in drugs about this age. Wow, I'll
0: get to that. that is young.
1: Felton, I found out that they don't give Subutex or methadone or DFs or Value or nothing because they don't want young people to be
2: yeah
1: substituted with something else, right? And get yeah, into yeah, this yeah. habit of substituting your drugs with another drug in jail. Yeah. When you get to adult prison, they take you on a whole program of, like, rehabilitation, getting off here, and... And I found that out the hard way because I was in bits. Let me tell you something. Withdrawing for the first time in your life properly, withdrawing, because you're away from drugs. Because by the time I was on, I got on drugs to lead into jail. Yeah, I've always had drugs. Yeah. And and the drug is heroin. So when you're withdrawing from heroin, it was a, it was another experience for me. It was like, wow, that this is something else. Now you think about the flu, or you think about. Um, like, the worst and the worst headaches and illnesses and coughing and puking. You know, think about that times 10. Wow.
0: Yeah? yeah. And it's
1: not just like a day, not two days. like goes on and on and on. And you think, what is going on? Your knees, you can't sleep. You're puking. You're going to the num- doing a number two. You're pissing. You're, ditched, you're that. You're feeling cold. It could be, You could be in Barbados, bruv. And you're feeling cold. Because your body's running. And just, when you research it, it's like your white blood cells take over whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> it's bad. Whatever. And so... The door opens, yeah? The door opens and it's the nurse, yeah? So the prison guard opens, the nurse walks in, and I'm like, he's come to give me some sort of medication, right? Some sort of painkiller, but it wasn't. It's not opiate, it's like a, not an opiate um, substance. Anyway, I recognize him, I'm like, it's my fucking neighbor, bruv. What? It's my ne- next door neighbor. Oh my day, that's nice. It's my neighbor, and I'm like,
0: no. so you
1: work here? So all that time I seen your black thing, I used to see a chain and this, that, the other. You're prison, you're like a prison nurse. He was like, I said, me, you need to do me a favour. So he goes like, take this medication. He, he couldn't believe it. He's like in shock. Because he used to see me in and out yeah, of yeah, my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. And they all knew around my whole street, yeah? yeah. And I used to live in the suburbs, right. Yeah. And, and, and they used to all know that I'm naughty. <laughs> Police coming to the house looking for me or yeah. groups of friends and this and that. He knew I was a bit naughty, but being in jail now, so his neighbour... He said, so he said don't tell anyone that you know me because what they'll do they'll yes. ship you out of the prison wow. and take you to another prison where away from me because now they can think that yeah. something's linked yeah. or you could bring something in for me yeah. or I said do me a favour though yeah. can you tell my mum I'm here I said my mum doesn't know so what happened I got nicked in where I got nicked you would go straight to the police station yeah and then I went to court and in court they reminded me in custody there and then so I didn't get bail but yeah?
0: how well, you're so young like
1: yeah but but you're over 17 17 17, so you're you're you don't need an appropriate adult
0: that's
1: mad so then and i was too scared to my mum because like the last time i think i got arrested she was like next time this happens you're out and then then, my mum used to fret me a lot and she was used to be strict to me as well don't get it twisted like my mum was strict but i just had to piss being the youngest single parent both your brothers have moved to the city to go to private college yeah you're on your own with your mum what are you gonna do well, not you but me i was taking a piss <laughs> do you know what i mean i'm not coming on for days Shit like that just sitting sitting crack houses all over london and this and that and you know i just took the right piss out of her and um yeah so he told her next week i know i get a uh, guard comes to my cell and says you got a visit who do you think it is My like, no, yeah slap straight of every prisoner in there no. in the visiting or slash she's got no filter you know she's got no filter so She's like, that Indian come out and she just does not know how to react. She doesn't know how to react because my brothers were, not, they were nothing like me. They, no, no one's ever been to jail in my family. So when she sees me, she doesn't know how to react to it. Like, does she be comforting? Does she know what it's like in it? Like, mate, I'm scared. I'm in jail for the first time in my life, yeah? You could have given me a bit of comfort instead of straight up. So anyway, I take it and I'm like, mum, just take a seat, all right? And obviously, I, I kind of break down. I was like, I was quite upset. But you got to remember the emotions because of the heroin's going out of my system now. So my body's starting to just, like get these really weird emotions. now by that time, I went not heroin for a year. Yeah, I think I just turned eighteen, and, um, I, I, and so seventeen. Away. Yeah. So then I must have been. It must have been that time, summer time. Born in June. Anyway. So then, um, no, no. I turned eighteen whilst in jail. I done my eighteenth in jail. That's why. Wow,
2: yeah, that's mad.
1: And then. um so she came and I took a seat and I explained it all to her and I was like, "Look, mate." And my mum always knew that I was on yes. drugs, but she didn't. She doesn't know the ins and outs because I never wanted to explain it to her. I didn't want I was my mum from India. I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna explain to her what heroin's all about and it's a physical addiction and this, that, the other. I don't believe. I never, well, then I didn't believe in rehabs and all that. I just thought it's a fad. It's a phase I'm going through because them days when you talk about crack and heroin now to the, to, to someone who's 18 now, they're like, "Ah." You're a fam. You're this and that. But you don't remember when I was 18 in a completely different woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the in thing to do. It was fashionable.
0: That's so crazy. Do you understand? It's That's crazy,
1: so isn't weird. it? How no one knew when when, when we, when i done it for the first time I was 16, yeah? First time i done it at 16. No one knew the depth of it. No one knew that 10 years from now you're going to have no teeth selling the big issue in the middle of the street begging for money. No one knew that you'd lose everything. No one knew that you know what I mean? Like, I'm talking girls that you would think, are oh, mate, on wifey that. Yeah? Within a year, two years, you wouldn't even go near them. Because they lost it. They lost their size, they lost their, like, they just look scatty, their skin starts going really bad. But no one thinks at the time because it's such a mad drug. Crack, I'm talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where it all started, crack. Heroin's mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Heroin was like the down. Crack was like, you go up and you just go up. It, it, oh, oh, mate, it's nuts. So when you explain that to someone now, they're like, they won't understand it. But them days, you have to remember, we were really influenced by America.
2: Mm. Yeah? yeah. The
1: Americans were the ones. There was no drill and all this UK hip-hop them days. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There Roots Maneuver yeah, 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 and yeah. things like that. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. had, yeah, we had Garage. Yeah. We had Drum and Bass. We had yeah. DJ Brocky, MC Depp, Shabby. But we didn't have, so hip, we used to all look at America when it comes to hip-hop. Like yeah. Tupac, Biggie, Jay Z, yeah, 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 Niles yeah, 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 yeah. and all that. So everything was America, the fashion, um, uh, just like America, America, America was everything right? They had the best of everything we all think. Mm. And obviously everyone knows that the crack epidemic in the 80s in America was massive. massive. Yeah?
2: yeah
1: it was huge. Now I've just seen programs on it all there but we I, I kind of lived through that because it hit 90s hit UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So 98 is when I kind of knew about it. 99, I think I'd done it for the first time. In 2000 is when I was like, bang, I've done heroin and all that because now you're involved in that whole kind of scene. Yeah, yeah. But still then, it was still wasn't, it wasn't class as disgusting. It was still like, this is the in thing to do. So in my circle, I was the youngest, mm-hmm. but in my circle everyone was like, I started drifting, started hanging around with olders. And my age was like, oh my God, this is smoking crap. It was like big thing them days, yeah? And it all started from like, people, rude boys. And 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 I'm not ashamed to say this, but I was very influenced by the black community when I was a kid, yeah? I went to a school full of, like, it was mixed, actually, white, Asian, and black, but I mean, I, I lived in an area, I grew up in a white area, there's only, like, three Asians in the whole area, right, families, they played in, like, Ashford's well, now, all the Indians have moved there now, <laughs> but them days, it was, like, quite rare, and uh, then I went to school in Hounslow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is, like, a lot of Asians and stuff like that, but and my mum used to have a laundry in Latimer, like Labrador Grove. Yeah. So I like kind of had different kind of experience with different people anyway. And uh, I was just, I don't know, it was just something to do with the influence. I don't know, I just, I just, I just was really influenced by the black community and the fashion and the music and the like, set yeah, and I loved it. Mm. So, um, and I played a lot of football as well as a kid. And all my mates were like, who were really good at football were black. So I was like, this is my crew, this is my boys. and. Anyway, so then, um, uh, them days, it was garage music, it was massive, alright, and everyone just listened to garage music and smoked crack spliffs. Okay. Yeah, there's a club called Coliseum in Vauxhall, yeah, and that was the place, and then Love is King's Cross, there was Bagley's, there was the Cross and all that, but the fashion was to smoke big crack spliffs, yeah, and it just, for me, it seemed like all the ballers are smoking crack. So what do you want to do? You experience it. Then you see, that I watched this documentary on Panorama years ago. It's massive thing called Panorama years ago. right? I don't know if it's still about, but I mean, and it was like documentaries on what's going on, like teenage pregnancies or this. And there was a documentary on crack in the UK. Yeah. And I remember sitting there watching it. And I was like, right this thing. And everyone was talking about it like it's nuts. Right. And I was like, bro, this thing seems crazy. Mm. And I want to try it. Anyway, by the time it got to like, to where... I was living at the time, all the Asians were doing it. All wow. the older Asians were doing it, right? Yeah. All the, and they were like, from this, this, you know, you can people say, oh, it's in the ghettos and stuff like that. Nah, that's bullshit. Really? It's everywhere. Wow. I'm talking, these Asian, like the junkies that you people see now, yeah. it wasn't like that. When I when I was growing up, all the Asians in my area, yeah. all the rich ones, they were doing it.
0: Wow.
1: And they were nicking their mum's gold, they were getting money off their parents. And the, I, I, where I lived was like, loads of Asians. And they were like, rich so it was a matter of time where then but none of them really not many became addicts mm-hmm. they all kind of just went through this phase and just knew when to cut it yeah oh,
0: wow. it's
1: just idiots like me <laughs> just wanted to carry on and get higher and higher and higher and and i fell in love with the lifestyle and when people
0: why sorry i love that why do you think you had that you wanted to get higher and higher and higher
1: uh i just think there was something i just think that the sensation was I was like, this is wicked, and I'm enjoying smoking it, and I'm enjoying the lifestyle it comes with.
2: Yeah.
1: See, so that's why I'm saying it was very... Um, I think I'm, I was classed myself as a very different kind of addict. It wasn't like that.
2: Mm. It, for me, it was
1: like... It wasn't just about the drugs, it was about everything that comes with the drug. Mm. That grittiness of the streets of London, I loved it all.
2: Yeah, I loved I it love
1: all. It. I think I think I really enjoyed it. I think yeah. I think running around and being in different crack houses in Shepherd's Bush, Acton, Labrack Grove, in West London, just... I I just liked it and the kind of characters that you meet and their backstories and how they got there and, and I never really kind of let myself go completely and that was I think that was the beauty of it and I had a good reputation in my area because I was good at football yeah um, I, I, I I I had pretty girlfriends growing up yeah I was the first one to lose my virginity as a kid out of all my circle yeah and and for me that was like yeah. Even though my mates were like rude boys and that, I was the first one, and I was like, yeah, that's just how it is. I was quite advanced anyway, I was quite ahead of my time anyway, because I had two older brothers, but not just that, I had an older kind of circle of friends. And um, and, and and that was it. So I started hanging out with these Asian guys and doing it, and they were just running around like headless chickens on this drug. And I remember doing it for the first time now. you got to remember, that what I know about it is Black rude boys are doing this. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the garage music, and they got money. They're drinking champagne. They're going to the Colosseum. They're that, yeah, the For me to look up to that, and I remember like just that, just that urban London. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. But then it was happening in the suburbs as well. Yeah. And so these Asian guys that I who who was smoking with, they um they weren't like wicked characters. Who you think, oh, you know, what? I'd like to be like you. They weren't that like, influential people. But it was just at that, that time. Yeah, I was more influential than any of them. and I was younger than them all. Yeah, but it was more about, did not know. I? I was just having a little fun, to be honest. I was, I was doing it, and I was just smoking, and running around, and 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 not like in hoods or ghettos. Just yeah. Running around just like the streets of like yeah. a place called Heston, which is nothing. But it was just fun to me. And we were going into houses, we were doing mm. this, we were doing that It's just such a, such a really weird yeah. experience. Then obviously, when I got a bit older, mm. like when I went to jail, then I started. Then then you start mingling and you. You evolve
2: mm-hmm. in the,
1: that, that game, then you start getting exposed to like different kind of dealers. Before we had, I knew one or two dealers when I first got in it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, can you ring Foxy? Can you <laughs> ring Darren? Can you <laughs> ring Andy? There's three dealers, all I knew. Yeah. yeah. And it was like exclusive. Not many dealers are out there. Now you get a dealer on every single corner of the block. Wow. Right. Now you can go anywhere to get crack. Yeah. Them days, like three dealers. Oh yeah, he's got the yellow one. He's got the green oh made that crack. Ew. Now it's so diluted. It's so diluted because so much um, so much competition
0: it's yeah. even more available
1: and, and more available and it's just like mixed and, uh, and the coke shit and when you're washing it up anyway so days, and then then you evolve and you become this and, and then you you could start your day here
0: yeah
1: and you'll end up anywhere you could end up anywhere in London because you're just running around with these people and you don't even know these people but you just hang out you end up just knowing these people and that is how your little community gets yeah. bigger and wider and you can go anywhere and from the suburbs where it all started for me I ended up in the city, smoking in Shepherds Bush, acting because you just jumped onto a bandwagon with someone else and start hanging out with someone else, and that someone else is from there. But then he was in the suburbs picking up from someone. Like it, it just—it's such a mad. And I think that was it. It's for me. It was a massive game. It was like mm-hmm. this is fucking fun, man. This is fun. I'm meeting people yeah. that I don't even know and who, 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 who I probably would never even talk to
2: yeah, normally.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm doing. Then it's obviously starts becoming a problem. <laughs> then, when you realise that, and then you get introduced to heroin, yeah. and the fun and games, it doesn't, for me, it all went all the way through, up to the last day i done it, yeah? It was always still fun and games, because how I looked at it, and like you asked me right at the beginning, you said, why do you see the positives? Like I mean, like, mm-hmm. how, when did this all start? Even so, the sort of positives in heroin. I swear to God, I saw that, and it's so weird. So, fast-forwarding into... Um, Rehab and stuff like that, I never went to rehab, but I'd done them, this 12-step course I had to do in jail. I, okay. had, to, I had to satisfy the judge somehow in it, and then the judge said, oh, you could, well, the court said you're going to have to do this course and it's you really look really good to your judge if you want to release you this is much later. Yeah so I remember sitting in this group doing the 12 steps, and I was like, I couldn't relate to any of them really? Like their, their, their addiction and they were like, "Oh, okay, oh, I just want to give it up I just wanna, And I'm like to myself, if mm, you really want to give it up, mate? Can give, give it up. up. <laughs> I'm like, and and and, and, and I'm not really talking much in this group because I don't want to look I don't wanna seem like I'm better than them or insensitive yeah. and I'm like and then I looked at it and I looked at myself and I was like if I ever wanted to stop which I have done in the past because I stopped and started, it wasn't all there for us, addict. I yeah. stopped, started, stopped for like I stopped for six years once.
2: Wow. You know what cool. I mean? Yeah. And
1: then and then and then, and then I um and I thought if I wanna stop, I'll just stop. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Not everyone has that willpower. Not everyone has that... um so true. Opportunity or that chance mm. to go like...
0: Well, like you said, you it was like you were the only one in that group.
1: only one in that group. 12-step program in that group, yeah. they're all addicts yeah, exactly. who are in and out this jail cycle for the last 15, 20 years who are in and out, in and out. Some of them ain't got no teeth. No. Some of them look scatty and everything, yeah? yeah. And now I'm still there, respectable, got a pair of Jordans on. Do you know what I mean? Sitting there and, and I'm like... Uh, can't relate to them and i was just trying to do it. and i had to do this course it's 12 step i have to do it because by the time i get to call and they want to sentence me i want them to release me say oh you know what he's really yeah, yeah, worked yeah. hard in jail He's a... but when i was sitting there listening to them stories i was like wait this this wasn't my line i wasn't in this I, this this wasn't my life of addiction my addiction mm-hmm. was like i had yeah. a lot of fun in it
0: yeah you said you saw the positive inherent
1: positive inherent meaning so so when people it's not heroin, yeah. you, you lot like, of I mean, you see them begging and this and the other. I was always a money maker. Always make money, yeah. even to this day. I make money wherever. I make money if working or whatever. Um, but I've always been able to kind of hustle something, yeah. And and with heroin, I never had to beg. I never had to do anything really scatty or nothing really bad. I never sold my mum's gold. I never. Robbed off my friends, like you hear these stories, like people tell them I robbed my mom, and they said, "Oh, I have got no relationship with my mom anymore because she kicked me out so many times." No, that's not what happened with me. Do you know what I mean? And so, so heroin was like, so when you think of heroin years ago, and when I first ever done it, I was like, "Oh my god," the only thing I know about is Kurt Cobain, (laughs) Jimi Hendrix, Ray Charles, like musicians that you watch documentary, read about, they done heroin. Yeah,
2: it's
1: like, isn't 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 this supposed to be a rock and roll drug then? But you were seeing these scat bags, like, running around, like, headless chickens, like, trying to smell her in and banging. out. I was like, why don't I look at it like that? I look at it like, this is the shit. This is wicked. Do you know what I mean? I never looked at her in like that. So when i done it, I enjoyed the buzz so much. Yeah. That is damnedest. Now, people now try to be doctors and say to me, oh, do you know what? You're numbing. The... I was like, nah, mate. Like,
0: no, I felt
1: it. No, no, no. It was numbing nothing. It was, I was enjoying it. And I was in my own little bubble and I enjoyed the buzz. Do you know what I mean? My preferably, my preferable way of smoking was on the foil, and yeah. for that it was like he'd be. Do you like the taste? I love the taste. People are like, ah, the taste is nasty. I like the buzz, but not the taste. I was like, mate, I like the taste. I like the buzz. I like everything about it, and that was then. Then that became my actual chosen drug. It was crack before that. Okay. Then I thought, no, no, it. So all my mates would like when I get high, yeah. like up and then go down after. I was like. I don't even want to go up anymore, man. I'm alright for a bit. I'm just going to smoke. And my thing was heroin after that. And that was really weird because everyone's normally crack first, heroin after. But mine was like, yeah, the crack's cool. I've enjoyed it, but I've rinsed it. I've battered that. I am not even into crack no more. My thing was heroin. Do you know what I mean? And then, which led to smoking in India and being an addict in India, being in Turkey, going to jail in Turkey for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, the heroin played a massive part my whole life. Mm. And, and, like I said, it, I saw the um, and Alhamdulillah, I'm still here, do you know what I mean? And I still got all my teeth, I still got everything, I still got my health, I got everything. So, uh, I thank God for that, and that's led to my gratefulness and gratitude. And, and I think, wow, you got me through such a madness, but I, 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 I'm grateful that it wasn't that much of a bad experience for mm. drug use. And anyone I say that to, they're like, yeah, but it must have been obviously there's bad times, you've had some bad times where. You haven't made enough money today, or you haven't got this, and you're withdrawing. Or when you go to jail, you're away from your loved ones or girlfriends that you've lost because of it, and choices that you've made. Yes, obviously, there's things. That's life, anyway. That happens with drugs or without drugs. True, true. Shit happens to you. Yeah. Do you true. know what I mean? So, so that's a, that's where it played a massive part all the way from my dad. Because I'd always go back to it because I just think, well, I start smoking, not it? You know, I feel like I feel like I'm going. I want to go for a few months of smoking, and then when I when I've had enough and I've like, oh no, I start like deteriorating, my health starts going as well. Now this is where I have had the privilege of having a family abroad. So I'm like, mum, I want to go to India. All right, cool son. i will send you to India. This when I was growing up, and then um, after that, I had had uh, I had made money, and I'd like to go on holiday. So I'd go to Miami, go wherever, withdraw it, get off it. Stay there, chill, come back, cool, fresh. Till the next time, till the next episode. Now, you see, I'm grown man now. I'm like, Pff, now you don't want to do it. And not just that. It's not just because I'm, I'm older. But the drugs is shit now.
2: So you don't do it Yeah,
1: Crack is shit. <laughs> crack is what crack was once upon a time. I'm guessing in the 80s in America. Yeah. What it was like in the 90s. And where it, like, it was the mm. shit. So mm. even if young people say it now, I don't advise anyone to do it anyway. I think drugs is bad. Don't do it there was a time once upon a time it was great
0: you missed the boat you missed
1: the boat you basically missed the boat now yeah you can do mdma you do ketamine you can do this yeah. and that the other
2: yeah um,
1: but and then obviously i got more spiritual after that so from the heroin it all went to that the other uh, things So then dmt ketamine mm, even ketamine mm. i have class that is there for me for that's quite spiritual mm. i get into a zone ayahuasca all that shit then i started getting mid- then, then now i've gone into that mushrooms and i can elevate my brain and Crack don't really elevate your brain or whatever. It just it just fucks you up, and you get high and you feel like you're the man. But there was a time for everything. Everything has an expiry date, and them things, them drugs has an expiry date. I love that.
0: Everything it doesn't. I don't, that it. I don't
1: miss it. I don't miss it. I'm just like, yeah, cool. It was, a, mm. it, it, was it was good. Just like garage music was good then. Yeah, you know I mean, them them drugs were good for that time. Machina was good then. Off key, like wearing weird clothes. Them days. If you think about it now, would wear. Clothes with like dogs all over it, but then there's I would, do you know what I mean? Off-key Machino, and that, and, that, and that was what London was about them times. Where yeah. I'm, where I'm from, anyway. Yeah. It was like to show money. It's your clothing, mm. and urban brands like Machino is Italian, but all the black kids was wearing it yeah. because it was the ones that wear. Yeah. Iceberg, Versace, Dng these are all brands, and that is when London went through a went through the, it all these designer labels became really, um, really popular in that kind of yeah, environment, yeah, that yeah. community. Do you know what I mean? There yeah. was a shop called Pro Beatles that we used to all go to in South Morn Street and this is even before drugs. I would lick a move. So I was always quite naughty anyway. So I was always quite naughty and I would lick a move, like meaning I'd do a move. <laughs>
2: yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> I would do a move meaning that I would make money by okay. doing whatever I have to do. Yeah. yeah? Um, And we'd go to Pro Beatles and just Okay, boo! I want to buy this, this, but this machineo, okay. <laughs> and that was what it was about. Mm. And, and and that kind of environment like, that you're in mm. is like all the girls. I I, I will cherish their memories mm. always, like proper. Yeah,
0: it sounds like it was like a culture.
1: Yeah, massive, massive, yeah. massive, and that's the crap was part of that yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, and the funny thing was, yeah. yeah. I remember going to Coliseum for the first time. I was too young to go. Mm. Nightclub. But um a nightclub in Vauxhall. And I was too young to go. But um my mate, Anthony, his dad was a doorman there, yeah? And obviously he looked it up. I remember going to Coliseum for the first time and I could smell this sweet smell, yeah. And everyone was smoking cracks Now, that's at sixteen, yeah. Sixteen that just turned seventeen, I think I went there. And and there was faces there. I'm talking London faces that I know to this day who are doing their thing, right? From Tottenham, from Brixton, and they were like ballers. Now, them days, mm. I remember seeing him. And then when I went to jail that same year, I remember seeing him in jail as well.
2: Wow.
1: And what happened was, the people that were there, some of them got out of the crack game, some of mm. them became addicts. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. boys that you would think in with big gold and this, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we yeah. lost it all by smoking because that crack spiff led to piping and the piping just is a spiral downwards. If you can't control it, if you can't call the addiction, you can't control smoking, it will get the better of you.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I remember these people in college seeing like top of the world drinking champagne and seeing him a year later like looking scatty, Mm bruv. Do you know what I mean? In Felton Young Offenders. And Mm -hmm. Felton Young Offenders is the only Young Offenders in the whole of London. The nearest one we have now is um, then days was Chelmsford which is Essex, right? A lot of people from East London would go there. And now you've got jails in like Woodwich and stuff like that called Isis and stuff like that. But Felton, imagine that. You've got a jail, young offenders, full of the most notorious youngsters in the whole of London, all going to one jail. I'm talking ballers from Tottenham, from Clapham Junction, from from all over, yeah, Kilburn, Stonebridge, Harlesden, they're all going to one jail. Imagine how much kicked off then, how much I saw there. Peckham and Brixton are arguing, Tottenham and Hackney are fighting, like there was fights every day, every day. There's no TVs then. There was no kettle in your cell. There was none of that, do you know wow. what I mean? So there was like people with frustration. Now, people don't really get into beef in adult jail that much, unless you got something from the role, because you're like, you're chilling, you've got TV, you're relaxing, you've got to have a cup of tea, you got your own kettle, just chill out, watch the EastEnders.
0: Did you get into much beef?
1: Uh, no, I got one, one of them was my first ever one, which was with a guy called Campbell, and he was from Tottenham as well. And what happened was, my mate came through on a visit, coming through in a visit means he got a parcel Someone gave him hash on the visit. Yeah, his visit, I think it was his girl at the time. He comes in, and um, however they got it on the visit, I think they must have kissed or whatever it was, put it in the crisp packet. She passed it to him. He comes back to the wing, back to the cell, and he goes, look, I've got this. It's like, cool. So we're smoking at night, waiting for everyone, for the night screws to come on, like the night guards to come on, yeah? Boom, doors shut. The doors ain't going to open till the morning now. Right, there's obviously certain routines and something that you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, alright, cool. So shares, Bills a spliff, my cellmate. Bills a spliff and um smoking out the window. Person upstairs, he was about, I swear to God, them days like a giant. Yeah, he must have been about six foot four them days. And that's tall. And I've always been quite short, sure, yeah. And I always remember but he was he was cool, me and him were cool actually, yeah. And uh but he was like I'm like, going through what he's going through. Girlfriend could have left him. Whatever it is, he might be frustrated that day. He could smell the hash coming up to his cell. And, um, who's smoking? Shouts out the window, yeah? I said, don't say nothing. He's just going to do my name. He's going to ask us something because I'm cool with him as well. He's going to ask me. So I said, don't say nothing. Anyway, clocks it. The person down from him or next to him or whatever says, yeah. uh, it's coming from Thingy, mm-hmm. Fez's cell. Hey, Fez! I thought, oh. Yes, brother, what's happening? Shouting back up to him, yeah. Yes, Camel, what can I do for you? He's like, boy, you look got hash. And I was like, mm, not really. He's like, bruv. And he could smell it. And he says, and he starts going into Chez, which is my cellmate. And Chez my read my friend from the road, yeah? And he and he and he said um And he goes, I'm gonna send you a line down, he send you a line with it uh, made out of like your bed covers or whatever. I'm gonna send you a line, put a spliff in there for me. The way he said it out the window now it's a broadcast, like everyone in the windows can hear. Yeah, so now if we give something, it looked like we're getting mugged off, like anyone could just say, Put something in there. Is the way he said it. If he said, You know what? I'll bless you tomorrow, and this, that, the other. Can you put a little spliff in? I'm having a bad time, and this, that, the other. No to do that. It was you know? demanding, yeah, it was demanding. So I thought, We can't do it now, we can't give it now. It's just got, hey, we're gonna get had up on the wing. Like people are gonna say to you tomorrow morning, I'm gonna come to your door, and they're gonna say, Bruv, give me this, give me that. Yeah. So I was like, you can't yeah, give it now. You've got to stand up. Yeah. So I said, bruv, you're not getting it. Yeah? Have some respect. He's like, huh? And then he's just na- now he went into it. Like, he wants the kick-off kind of thing. I was like, i just have to firm it now. Six foot four, black, from Tottenham. A little old five foot four. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? From Hounslow, Indian. Do you know what I mean? I was
0: like,
1: Damn. I'm going like, to do this one. Now, Shez is like, I'm, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to smoke this. Yeah? I'm going to buzz out. And we'll deal with it in the morning, all right? Oh,
0: my word. She's,
1: I mean, um, Campbell's kicks off now. He said, like, when I see you in the morning, no, 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 no it's on. It's beef, on site in the showers, no, no, no. In all that shower. talk, yeah, because that's the talk, right? So I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm trying to be cocky, bastard, now. So I'm getting buzzing now, smoking this ash, And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, bruv. Like, I've, I've dealt with people like you in the past. Never dealt with anyone like this before. <laughs> and I'm like to myself, yeah, 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 sweet, mate. All right, whatever. And i was just like being cheeky morning comes realization kicks in sun rises.
2: Oh, I pray God.
1: I pray alright and I'm like right, cool um, I have to deal with Campbell now I'm gonna do this so them days you have to go to get um, your hot water from the server and get your breakfast and stuff like that so them days I remember going there and I was feeling I can't remember what I filled up I filled something up right I filled up with boiling water right and I filled up with boiling water and I thought what i gonna do so now the screw he starts unlocking all the doors one by one. We're on the ground floor, so he's unlocked all the down ground floor. People are still waking up. People kept like kind of just getting into it. I ran to the surgery and I went and got my favorite hot water and breakfast, whatever. Anyway, I come back to the cell thing, but I see the screw walk up the stairs and he starts unlocking all the cells at the top. Now, Campbell's on top of me, so he's gone around. The Campbell's there. and so the screws open up Campbell's cell and he's walked down the stairs. Yeah, I've gone walking out this with hot water. All right, sugar in the hot water. Up the stairs, and I thought it's going to be me or him. I'm going to get fucked otherwise. He's going to t- you know what I mean? I embarrassed me with a whole prison sentence. And then when, when something happens to you in jail, it stays with you all the way for the next 10 15 years. Meaning people remember you for oh, I remember when young offenders when this happened to you and that happened to you. Because the people that come to jail are like always oh, in and out, it's just like institutionalized. So you, the same people keep on coming to jail. And I thought this could going to happen if it well, anyway.
0: That's crazy. So
1: I thought I went upstairs, the screw goes down these stairs, I went up. Walked into Campbell, I said, "What did you say?" And then he and he's like just waking up, right? He's just waking up. He's in the bed covers. He comes out of his bed. I run up to him and I throw the hot water on him. Yeah, the, the, obviously the, the sugar kind of makes it stick to your skin. So the boiling water on this guy. Yeah, and he starts screaming. Yeah, and I remember just kicking him as hard as I could. I ran out and I shut his cell like that. Yeah, ran down. My breakfast in my cell. Shut my cell. Eat my breakfast. Says, poor guy, because he was that buzzing the night before, he didn't even get to have any breakfast. He didn't even get up in time to go and get his breakfast. Oh, and that no. was it. Yeah. Bruv, he's screaming, he shouting, this, that, the other. Yeah, by that time, he, um, he didn't G no one out. And he kicked off, and the screws are obviously so go and see what's happening. He's obviously kicked off with the screws, yeah? And he's got his own altercation with the security for the guards. They've taken him off the wing.
0: They've taken him off
1: and that's it. I never saw that guy ever again. Oh
0: my god. Yeah. Day.
1: Because what happened was they obviously went to calm him down and he's obviously kicking off and he's set the other and they're probably saying to him, like this is what I can imagine what happened. They're saying to him, okay, Campbell, no no no, no calm down, they set the other. He said, Don't jump to calm down. Yeah. No, no no because you can hear him shouting and screaming, and you can hear the screws, and then you just hear douche douche douche. They're obviously bending him up and he's like kicking off and he's fighting, he's big and they must have threatened. So they took him off the wing. So my thing was never heard of. My thing was never ever heard of because, obviously, the G-code never G'd me up, never grasped me up, never told them that Fez done this and that the other. Do you know what I mean? And I just got away with it. Why is I that planned.
0: the G-code? Or maybe he wasn't. The
1: then. G-code, grass, isn't it? Yeah. The uh, G-code is, okay, okay. don't tell, if something ever happens to you, yeah. you don't go and tell the screws and say, oh, you know what? He bullied me or he took this and that the other. You just take it and firm it and you do with it yourself. This is Joe. Okay. It's the G-code of Joe. <laughs> okay.
0: And, and he didn't
1: tell and I'm like, oh, yeah, Fez, I, done, I kicked off because Fez threw hot water over me he's screaming and shouting and tipping he's got boiling water stuck to his skin do you understand so um, so yeah he just he, he kept it real and whatever and I always thought I'll see him again i never saw him ever again in the whole of my time in jail not that time I'm talking about any other time yeah I did hear though that he got shipped out to Essex anyway because his case was he had a case in Snesbrook Crown Court which they take it to that court anyway uh, that jail anyway anyway crazy and that was it so that was, yeah, so, 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 so as I say, so the glorifying. Saving
0: grace.
1: Um, uh, so I'm not, it's not that I'm glorifying it, but I, I it was a, a lot of fun, to be honest. I'm not going to lie, jail was fun for me, man. It was like, I'm away from the road. I needed to come here to get a bit healthy anyway. I'm eating. You know what I mean? I've got dinner here. I've got lunch here. Mm.
2: you know
1: what I mean? It wasn't that bad. And and I just needed a break from the roads.
2: Mm.
1: So when I got there, I took the positive, and then... My religion obviously i've always been muslim i was born muslim but you start praying more you, you start getting into it you start like reading a bit more about it and it's, i read more then than i ever did ever, ever on the roads my religion for me then when mm-hmm. i was growing up was just my mum telling me you gotta read quran I didn't understand the quran but you gotta read arabic but i don't understand arabic mum. but you know what i mean it, it, it was it wasn't we weren't taught like that we were like this is what you have to do you yeah, why am i praying what's the meaning so my mum was teaching what she was taught now she was taught as you pray because you have to pray not because <laughs> this is what you get out of it or this yes. is why you pray You yeah. have to what do these words actually mean
2: mm.
1: Alhamdulillah bilal, I, mean, you don't know, I don't know what they mean but you just have to do it
2: mm-hmm.
1: so when you get to jail they mm. give you books that the Muslim mm-hmm. and they're wicked this country is unbelievable yeah. when it comes to stuff like that yeah ah, oh, mate halal food islamic scripture wow, okay. quran prayer beads prayer mat they let you go to the mosque on the fridays you can't mess with it when it comes to stuff like that they're, they're so good in the prison yeah. in the prison wow. so so i was getting a scripture then you start reading and you start understanding you get a, a, a an english quran translation from arabic into english oh, wow. and then you start reading it And then you start, it. start, then you start understanding so yeah. like you said i took the positives from that on the road, would I've ever done that? Probably not. Mm. So now that's stuck with me all way since then. So, so al- been already been. we've got fun, banter. We've got <laughs> we've got understanding my religion and having a habit of being tidy.
0: Yeah. So that's really crazy. It's like ty- it's almost like it did what it kind of is supposed to do.
1: Yeah. Rehabilitate <laughs> you a
0: little bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: But a little bit. But then the, the downside to that is that you're with so many people and you're getting so many ideas, yeah. like an education in it of crime.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. So I was with
1: bank robbers. A lot of bank robbers in there. That, there was a massive fad of yeah. people robbing banks at that age.
0: Yeah, and also I can imagine like it worked for you in that way, but not everyone. Not for
1: everyone. Yeah. Other people became... I know people yeah. that are doing 10s, 10 year sentences, yeah. who are now doing life. Wow. Because they just keep on getting more and more and more. Me, I yeah. was... Uh, well, my life just started then, didn't it? My life of crime just started. Before that, I was shoplifter. Yes. Shoplifting as a kid. Everyone, yeah. well, not everyone, but I mean people <laughs> shoplift, innit? it? We used to go shoplifting, and and, and and like I said, I was really influenced by urban culture yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. and fashion and stuff like that. So how are we going to make money at that age? I'm going to shoplift. I remember my first Averex jacket. I remember I own an Averex jacket. I own an Averex jacket. mum couldn't afford to buy me an Averex jacket. Regardless if I'm from a nice family, she didn't understand the... The, mm, yeah. the meaning of, like, I'm going to yeah. spend that much money on you being 15 years old or 16 years old and buying an economic, I'll get you a duffel coat from Marks and Spencer's or from CNA. and uh, And I was like, Mum, come on, I'm not I'm not rocking that, you know what I mean? Because I was influenced by the people I went to school with were happy with Clarks and this and that. I was like, no, nah, I don't want wear that. I'm and a rock
2: star. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I the to wear Jordans and this and that the other. It's not that I'm, I'm, I am I'm at it hard, I had it nice, but... My mum wouldn't, she's not stupid, my mum's like a single mum now, she wouldn't just spend £120 worth uh, on on a pair of trainers them days, I'm going to do it. So Mm -hmm. I remember my first pair of Reebok Classics, good ones, no, 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 sorry, my first pair of Nike 180s was Foot Locker, Clapham Junction, I went in there with an old beat-up pair of Reeboks, yeah, workouts, and I tried it on, I went to the girl and I said, can I try them on? I remember giving him my trainers, she put them, let me in, I'm walking around the store, I ran out the store. I ran out, of my first pet, and I'd done the same with them, my first AVEX jacket. My first AVEX jacket, I remember going Oxford Street, on that side of Oxford Street, not the, not the Selfridges side, but the other side of the shit part Oxford I Street, and I went, this, I went to this Pakistani shop, and I remember saying they had AVEXs and everything, and I was like, alright, cool. Well, I think it was to wannabe, I think it was a, a lookalike Averix, Yeah, it was a good flat jacket no fur, and it was like, proper, and I remember trying it on in the shop, and running it, I thought, these Asians ain't gonna be able to catch me anyway. Really the shopkeeper ain't right, these are not gonna be able to chase me. I was I'm gonna put this on and run out. Mm-hmm. I left the night tracksuit or chocolate I was wearing at that time, mm. left it there and, uh, and 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 ran out of a new jacket. And that's how we had to get things That's
0: mad. I feel like you're in a very different place now.
1: Oh, very different place. <laughs> very, very, very different place. Because have, I, I I look back yeah. at all that and I'm like, oh cool. And I smile to myself and I feel really nostalgic and for your reason, I, 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 and, and I love the time I grew up in, right? I love the fact that I grew up in in in, in the early 2000s, when things were like popping, things were fun, everyone had individuality, uh, the fashion was at its pinnacle for me, I think it was the best time of, of dress sense, mm. then was then, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was just too good, I loved it, I loved all of that, and we were like, obviously, Biggie made Versace really good for us, and all this kind of, do you know what I'm saying? So. Um, and then when I look back at it now, I thought, wow, the growth, the growth, even, even I said something to you earlier about vegan the growth. And, 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 and and drinking oat milk or, and, and I, even up to three years ago, I'd never done that.
2: Mm-hmm. Now I'm
1: drinking oat milk and because I'm just open to everything. I'm open because before that, so when you're in that circle, in that yes. world, yeah. you're, you're that's all you know, kind of thing. Jail, crime, drugs, road life, street life, you're not, uh, like, do you know what I mean, not, like, my girlfriend's from Barcelona. I would never have thought of being with a girl from Barcelona. Now my relationships were all with girls from council estates, or if they're not from council they're from that, like, single parent homes mm. and stuff like that, right? And, and don't get me wrong, my girlfriends have been wicked. I've had some really good girlfriends and, like, who've, who've been caring and loving and, and they've been very loyal, very loyal. I'm just saying, I wasn't ever open okay, to being yeah. with a girl from Spain. Uh,
0: yeah, I wonder, how did you move away from that whole... Life Moving thing? away
1: from that, i tell you one thing, I have to kind of give props yes. to a guy called Rizwan Sheikh, Hooray. who owns yeah. Colombo Group, who, um, which if no one knows what Colombo Group is, it's like Blue's Kitchen, man, XOYO, all these places is part of a, a chain by this guy and his business partner Steve Ball. He actually got me finally out of it. Yes, I was kind of open to a lot of things because I had two older brothers who were completely different yeah. to me who um, one's a filmmaker yeah one owns a, um, a restaurant bar in Madrid um, but them days um, my, my, passion, not my 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 sorry my knowing of films music mm-hmm. it was all from my older brothers mm-hmm. do you know what I mean my friends when I used to play music like The Cure or The Smiths and stuff like that and they're like what are you listening to? And mm-hmm. I'd be like, mate, are you joking? This is mm. a tune. Mm. But, you're, you're, you're wearing Machino and you're wearing Iceplay but you listen to the Smiths. Like, no one understood it because they didn't have that upbringing that I had and I think it plays a massive part as where well. I went from the suburbs, from Ashford, yeah. to Stanmore, Staines, yeah. moved to Hounslow my mum had a laundry in the city. Yeah, um, I think it played a massive part on who you are, right, That's where you're from, yeah. a product of your environment. Yeah. So my brothers really had, gave me a really, mm. they were really good influences on me when it comes to that music and stuff. And, um, Riz. and Riz, yeah, Riz, Riz, Riz actually got me away from it all because. So in between that time of smoking, being an addict, right? Obviously, I, I, I the, the addiction. I don't want to go too much into that, but I mean, like, it travelled with me all the way. So I was an addict in India as well. So I went and left when I went when I when I, when, when I came out of jail, I went to India.
0: Wait, not when you're seventeen.
1: When I was a little bit of twenty
0: one. Okay, so this is the second time. Second
1: time, I in was in difference. a place called Rochester, Kent okay. prison, and and when I got out, I was like, i don't want to get away. So I got, I got.
0: How long were you in? In India. No.
1: In-, in prison that time, I was there for only four months. Okay. But I mean, I went to India, and after then that. when you're opiate yeah, after yeah. that, so when you're open to all this kind of uh, um, completely different lifestyle, you just think, right, I'm staying here. My mom's gonna leave me here. I'm gonna kind of just chill, and I'm gonna kind of um sort my life out i'm gonna get back on track i'm gonna kind of sort of, yeah 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 so when you're there and you're like all right cool um your friends by this time are all doing their thing some are cocaine dealers some are working in import exports some work in the airport whatever it is um you're in india and you've got an older cousin who's loves partying loves djing loves trance music all this kind of shit when I got there, and uh, the India I know, was like, it was completely different to the India I got to. Because really? I got to India, I was like, there's a cocaine epidemic here. Everyone's on coke. Everyone's partying. Everyone's raving. The people from Mumbai think they're westernized. Yeah. And they're all talking English. And I, I like the India I knew. It was like everyone was like, N- it was nothing like this. Yeah. It was like really reserved, and they would like be this yeah. and that. And I and, and I always looked at India like that, and. Not coming in, I am saying, wow, this is more advanced than England.
0: Is this the first time you went?
1: After a long time.
0: Okay, okay. okay. First
1: time we went back for after a and long and time. And older. And older. Yeah. And then now, this time, you're understanding that, oh, wow, is this how, is this how they're acting now? My cousin's are older now. He's doing his thing. I must be 20, actually. 20. And he must have yeah. been like 22. And he's, like, taking me here and everywhere. And I saw massive um, cocaine. Not problem, but everyone was doing it.
2: Mm.
1: And I remember him giving me coke for the first time. And by this time you've got to remember, I'm clean. Yeah, I've come off drugs. Oh wow! I'm like, oh no! I thought I left London to get away from this shit. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Because I, yeah, yeah. It might, what happened was, my mum was scared that I'd come out of jail like I did when I was eighteen, and, just
0: go back.
1: and then go back to that lifestyle. Yeah. So she thought when I went this time, she's like, sleep. you're gonna go and you're gonna fix your life out and you're gonna change your mentality and stuff. And um, and I was like, I'll keep me away from this. But done all right. But what happened was, I got I, I, there's this guy. This guy I used to play with when I was younger, yeah, called Manoj, and um, I'm from quite a privileged background in India as well, and my cousins used to all play cricket with each other, and they said, yeah, And I don't know, something attracted me to the slums. I used to hang out with Manoj as a street kid, and I was like, oh, I love the slums of India, man, there's something about it, it's so vibrant, So, and I used to eat there and everything, and my mum used to look for me and everything, I remember this as a kid, they'd say, where have you been? I was like, I'm just there, man, like there's a slum right next to where we lived. And, and it's really bad. The slums in India are really bad, right? But my cousins couldn't understand it. Like, you you live here in such a beautiful place, but why are you... I don't know, I just used to have fun with them. Just enjoy messing about with them. And it's like, yeah, and well, they were like kids from the from the really bad backgrounds, like shanty towns, and it was like... Bad. But it just showed you that uh, from a young age young I was yeah, just really yeah, yeah. interested in it, actually. Anyway, and um, I remember going to the... Um, going to the slums one day and I remember walking past one of those little houses and I remember someone smoking on the foil and what do you think happened? It just triggered or something in my brain I was like, mate, I want to do some of that like here. And it was more about the excitement of like doing it in another yeah. country. Like All I've known is heroin in, in the mm. UK and doing it and I was like, you know what, I want to do it here. So I remember doing it there. Anyway, one thing led to another and i to do it and then I'm here now and I'm going to be in India for the next, what, six weeks. My I'm going to start sm- I started smoking quite a bit but my money starts running out, yeah? So I think, what am I going to do? Anyway, a taking me around um, Mumbai and they were doing coke. Now, I saw it in a business opportunity. <laughs> in my head, I Love thought, it. I need money to survive here, right? Yeah. And um, all the money that my mum gave me before I left, yeah, ran out because I've been smoking, I've been this and that, and I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I don't mm. want to live like a poor part. I want to live good in India. So I was like, I'm going to do I ring my pal, back in the UK, who's selling coke, who's selling tickets. times were like, he was, like, was, yeah. was doing his thing. He was smashing it, right? And um, I was like, do you want me to do me a favour? I was like, what? He yeah, I was like, I want you to send me something, yeah? Send me some coke, because the coke that like, these lot are doing, I've done it the other day, and it's coming from the Nigerians, right? Wow. I said, this is shit coke. Wow. It's really bad. It's repressed and everything. So I was like, and this is my first business enterprise. This
2: is nice.
1: Obviously, before that, I was like, I told you, I was there. I used to rob, I went to jail for I to robbing yeah. things and robbing dealers and this, that, the other. And and this was my first kind of actual business, enterprise. I was like, and let's see if it works. And then days, yeah, and this is what happened. I was in my house one day, where I was staying, my cousin's house, and I've got an uncle here who lives in Aldershot, who um, is a doctor. So his brother is married to my mum's, I mean, sorry, my dad's sister. So it's not my uncle. Oh, my, yeah. So I remember the door knocking one day and a parcel comes through and I looked at it and I was like, hey, yeah, uh, can you sign for this? I was like, yeah, I was at like, home alone that day because Abdulrahman's working with his dad, his dad's at work, mum's got a sari shop, like an Indian clothing shop. And I signed for it and he was like, what is it? Anyway, I said, oh, and then in the evening, my uncle comes on and he, I said, oh, a delivery came for you. He's like, a parcel came for you. And I was like, right, what is it? And he was like, oh, right. and it was these tablets for blood pressure, right? I goes, "Yeah." Hey, after i said it, she's his brother. I was like. In my head that night, I was thinking like that. So he sent something from London to India, and I signed for it, and that's it. So I thought, and these tablets, so I was like, and these are t- tablet capsule things, yeah, for blood pressure, whatever it was. So I thought about it, and I said, so when I'm on... When Hold I, when, on a minute. <laughs> when I was on the phone to my pal,
0: yeah,
1: I said to him, I don't want to really mention his name, but I was like, if you can get me capsules, mm. yeah, you empty out the medicine out of it and you fill it up with coke. Just send me the parcel. Send it to me. At that time, my best mate was working for an import-export place called Wilson's, yeah? And I was like, uh, and I shouted at him, I said, do you think it's possible? Of course it is. We import-export all the time, parcels and stuff like that. That's what we do. So I said, can we pass it through your work and then you send it to me and I'll give you the address you send it to. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll try it. So anyway, my pal's done this and he's filled up these capsules um, full of coke, Mad. gives it to my brother, my, my friend, sends them over, all right? Within five days, it arrives, I sign for it and it's there. I don't mind coming back from work five o'clock, I said, mate, i got a present. I didn't want to tell him when I was doing it, that what I'm going to do, because I thought, something goes tits like, no one has to know. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, the thing came over, and he was like, what? And I opened this thing and I opened all the captures and empty and I was like, I got a present for you, mate. And he's like, and it's coke. Yeah, he done the coke and he was wired, meaning our coke in UK is good. No good getting South America, but it's good compared to the Nigerians' coke in Africa, right? And I was like, it blew his mind. What does he do? Tells all his mates, I got coke from UK, yeah? I was like, whoa, 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 before you start telling all your friends about the coke from UK, tell them a price, mate. I'm selling this, you understand? So I said, boom. I said, give me some paper. And so I started making tickets to this coke. That <laughs> night, we went to a place called Oris, yeah. Actually, in Juhu Club. Yeah, we yeah. went there. I told all his mates. I said, boom, i got this, yeah. That time, I was selling 5,000 rupees a gram. I think it was half a gram, whatever it was at that time. I can't remember. And that's still a good price. But it was 5,000 rupees is like 50 quid them days, yeah. I think I sent it for more. I think was 7,000, I think, sent it for. Bang, I sold it out. Word's got around. Word has got around. Yeah, that um, there's coke from UK and it's here, and everyone said it makes the best coke they've ever done because they're used to a certain coke and they're trying to follow this lifestyle of the Western, but they haven't really done Western drugs or they've, they've been yeah. So um, so it gets round, I end up shot into bare people. First thing goes, the whole parcel goes. I'm finished with it. It suddenly becomes a regular thing. Then what happens to the Nigerians? The Nigerians start realizing that their pockets are getting lighter. They think. What's going on? Someone geezed me up, which was Abdul Rahman's friend, my cousin's friend. Grass is at Hodge. He up called Hajj. He, and said Fez is uh, Abdul Rahman's cousin from UK. God. Yeah, he grassed me out and said he's doing it. Yeah. Now, by this time, I'm living my best life in India. <laughs> Parcels are coming through. I'm giving you more addresses. I'm, I'm selling loads of coal. I'm doing loads of heroin. Right? Smoking loads. But I'm hanging out, and my mate, Manoj, who I grew up with, yeah, I'll get him dealing. He's going from rickshaw to rickshaw all over, yeah. all over the city in Bandra, in Kaur, in Andiri, and he's selling bare coat and the word gets out and we're just killing it. Me and him are just doing our thing, right? <laughs> anyway, and but at this time I'm in Goa, yeah, I'm chilling in Goa and I've met um, I met a wicked crew there, yeah, Abdulrahman comes with me as well. He comes back early, I end up staying there with a girl from UK. This girl that I was seeing at the time, a Russian girl called Sandre, right? And um, she's from St. Petersburg. And like these pe- Danish people, and Goa was the place. Mm. And I was living my best mm. life. By this time, I'm 21 now. And, and um, I'm just living it, bruv. I get a phone call. It's a Nigerian voice. I'm like, hello? It's like, pure African accent. Says that we've you got your cousin. No, 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 no. I was like, Oh fucking joking God. this is happening and later yeah. when we found out who it was like I said it was that harsh girl but I was like oh no what am I going to do now now they've got him they beat him up a little they done this done that I'm like okay i got to go from Goa so i say bye my friend Nagma she goes to um, Hampi or something
2: mm-hmm.
1: the Russian girls go back everyone splits, but I had such the, one of the most amazing, magical moments in Goa at that time, it was like everyone together, and I was like the ringleader kind of thing, I thought, because I was from the UK, but I'm Indian, and I kind of brought everyone together, and the Europeans trusted to be with us, because I'm from the UK, it was like Wicked, and the whole crew, all living together in a place called Anjuna,
2: yeah, mm.
1: and it was like, Sit. anyway, I get this phone call, while I'm doing one's back in Mumbai now, because he got back to work, they've wrapped him up, these Nigerians, and they beat him up a little bit, It was nothing major, and they said, wow, well, look, This is what the deal is. You're doing it. And I said, look, mate, I'm so small scale. I just do it to this, that, the other. It was about waste affecting us. So I have a meet with these guys. I said, like, cool. All the money that I made in Mumbai, I had to give it all to these guys. What? Yeah, I didn't want to be. I just thought, you know what? I don't want. Days are connected. Now, you've got the go ahead from the Mumbai underworld, whatever it is. You've been doing this thing for a long time. I'm from the UK. I'll come here for a holiday. Yeah. While I'm here, I thought I'd sell coke. Yeah. And smoke. Yeah? And I handed over quite a lot of money that I made. I must have made at least about, for that time, between one being in another country and your they made about 20 grand. I had to give it all. I had to give it all, like most of it anyway. And I had to have money to like kind of live on and have my ticket back to you. guys, what this is it. Abdulrahman got away. That's it. Done. Let him go. Paid. Boom. Done. Finished. That was the chapter of India. Done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so good. I went back to the it's UK. Like a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it was it was an amazing time. I loved it, and I tried to carry on that relationship with that Russian girl, by the way. And uh, no, nah,
2: didn't, <laughs> uh,
1: nah. didn't work. Got back to UK, and that's it. But anyway, so so fast forward again to the Colombo group. Oh that yeah, yeah. Was, I was
2: uh,
1: ask. That, that that was um, yeah. So Riz took me out of that and kind of changed my whole mindset. To be honest. Really. Now, yeah. So now imagine I'm in that circle. Drugs. So, yeah, so, 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 uh, so I come back and uh, I just thought I had this knack for. Um, I just had a business, I've always had a business kind of entrepreneurial brain. So, yeah. I come back and everyone that I kind of grew up with is elevated and they've become like, oh, they're doing their thing and they're driving, they're doing this, driving nice cars. And I'm like, man, I want a bit of a piece of the pie, mate. You know what I mean? I've just been gallivanting and just fucking about for the last time of many years. Going to India, mad experience in India, it was like crazy. Before that, it was like the streets of London. And I was like, what am I gonna do? So I was like, all the money that i spent, yeah? On drugs, so
2: you know what I'm gonna do?
1: I'm gonna make that money back. How am I gonna do it? Now, these are things that I live with and I I regret and, and ask for forgiveness for, but at that time, it seemed like a good idea. And the good idea was, I remember being at the barbershop. I got back from India and I was like, boom, and I was telling people about my experiences and this, that, the other. And before I before I left India anyway, I, I, I the heroin all got out of my system. I went to the village where my mum's from. And, because um, my dad's from Mumbai, and my mum's from the uh, countryside. It's in a place called Madhya Pradesh, near Bhopal. And I went to the village and I stayed there for, I think, when all that happened with the Nigerians, and that happened I left Mumbai and I went to the village and then I stayed there and I kind of just got off all the drugs and got healthy and this set the other and that's just another experience as it is I can get into another time but I mean like living that village life on a farm mm. is nuts with some beautiful family of members and eating the best of foods and hunting your own meat and shit like that it's something mm. spectacular anyway so I'm, I'm, I'm there and then I kind of get better and better and better and I get healthy and I think oh, it's time for me to go back now all right, so I got no beef with these Nigerians. Now it's cool. I'll give you money. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to get into a madness. Well, I'm, I'm not a man. I don't want war. It's not my country. I don't want to go into beef with you. I don't care about the drugs. I don't care about drug dealing. I had a good time, and that's what it was for me, innit? So, um, so it's not like I'm. I, I if you tell people now, they're like, yeah, but why did you not like go to like no? It's, that's not why. I, I didn't have the intention of becoming a drug dealer in India. I came in, and while I was there, it, like it seemed like a good idea, and you know, I made some money off it, and I enjoyed it, and it gave me the opportunity to live a wicked life and a good experience in India at the time. Mm. Anyway, so I was hanging out in the village. I was thinking about it and I was trying to think about my life and think about myself. And I'm still young at this time. It's my early 20s. I'm like, cool, I think it's time to go back to the UK now. I think my mind is ready to go back to the UK and not take drugs. Yeah? Because I think to myself, at that time, I thought it's out of my system now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I go back to the UK and I get back to the uh, meet my friends and stuff and they're all doing their thing. They're all like some of them making loads of money, some of them are drug dealers, and I was like, I don't know what I wanna do. I still don't know and I still haven't got this spiritual level yet. I still haven't got to this praying stuff. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? So I still went for another few years now of like badness but not of taking drugs. I thought I'd make money from selling drugs. So this is when I became quite known. The police in this country, not as a mm-hmm. robber or a drug addict like ah, a drug dealer.
0: Okay.
1: And then I had, um, so anyway, so I come back and there's big, big, big boy in the game, and I see him and we used to I used to buy my drugs off his his um, operation years ago, and I see him there and he's like, Fizz, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Why?" Wow, because you look really well him. and said like, that you get healthy and he said, "I've come back golden." From India, do you know what I mean? I'm healthy, I'm this and that. The yeah, other, I gone to the barber shop, got faded up. Everything I was like, and they're like, boy, I don't even know. I just got back from um, India. I don't know what I'm gonna do now. So, my they goes, look, you know her and better than anyone. Wow. One, you, one, you know what I mean? You know. And in my head, I thought about it. And I was like, I know about service. I know what it's like to be an addict. I know what it's like to be a customer. Yeah. And I know all the addicts. You know what? Why don't I? What's it called? sell it to these people, but I give them a good service and get the best gear for these people. Mm. So now he and he, and he's big in the game and he's like, mate, jump on the bandwagon. Everyone's doing it. And I thought, all right, cool. So I think about that now and the next day, and I never paid for it. next day I rang him and I said, give me something, and then on tick, like bail. Give it to me, mate. give me uh, back. yeah, 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 yeah. So he drops me something, like seven grams, nothing. Now I chop it up and I go out to all the places that I know. People have seen me, but they've seen the healthy me, not the smoker me. So I'm going to old crack houses, all the old addicts. And I'm telling them, I said, look, mate, I'm not doing it anymore. But I've got something. And for someone who had a bad reputation for robbing drag dealers and this, that, the other, they're like, oh, what's he up to? And I was like, bad, yeah? Meaning, like, I was, like, naughty. People were like, scared and this, that, the other to come kind of do business with me. And I was like, look, man, I've got this thing, trust me. And, 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 and I didn't make no money for the first two, three months because I wasn't having enough gear to do the deal that I was doing. Deal, the, the deal that I was doing. So the deal I was doing was like two, 10 pounds for 15 pounds instead of 20 pounds,
2: right? Mm, the size was off.
1: massive. And I thought, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to make money from this, but I'm yeah. going to get the reputation of yeah, this. Yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. pay my reputation up yeah, Because yeah, now all uh, the, everyone knows me as like a crack, yeah, okay, okay, crackhead, yeah, yeah. yeah, who robs people, who d- makes money, set the other, who's quite like fucked up a little bit. I need to build a reputation as a businessman now. So how am I going to do it? Now, at that time, it was really weird because there was a guy called Calvin who was the biggest drug dealer in my kind of area. Um, and where I was living, I was living with this girl called Chantelle, who I grew up with, yeah? She um, had a kid, and I, I ended up moving in with her. And um, this Calvin had everyone shook, like everyone scared. And no one was, everyone was scared to, to deal under his unless mm-hmm. you're under him mm-hmm. coincidentally I've just come back I don't know how big this guy is yeah, yeah? at the time I just hear, keep on hearing his name and I've got back and I was like coincidentally he gets arrested let's say
0: wow
1: and and I've just started dealing so when everyone starts catching wind that he's gone to jail they can all turn their phones on because otherwise they're all working for him now everyone starts realising that Kelvin's not about no more they're, they're going to start turning their phones on but by that time I took over the whole of my area, like meaning there was no, all the addicts had nowhere to go because Kelvin's off. Mm. So all of a sudden, everyone's coming to me because they've mm. heard from this mm. person that Alfez has got something. Mm. So they're all coming to me and they're all buying things off me and I'm doing these mad deals. So by the time everyone realises that Kelvin's not a bad number, we're going to start dealing again, yeah? I've got everyone, I've got the custom. And I'm not letting the custom go anywhere. Because why? Because I'm giving them the best service. When I tell you I'm going to be 10 minutes, I'm going to be 10 minutes. When I tell you I've got banging food, banging gear... I'm going to give you banging gigs because I know what it's like. And I had the willpower of never doing it after that for another six years.
0: Wow. Six
1: years, I had kilos and kilos in front of me, right? And and, and I didn't do it because I just got into this zone. And that's when I knew that I'm not really an addict. It's like, for me, it was just fun. Mm. That time, it was like a bit played out. And I was like, for me, it was like money now. I need to make money. I need to, I need to get back on top. I need to kind of, you know what I mean? And and I didn't even get into the bit where when I was growing up, I was a, into, I was. Really good at football. Everyone thought I was going to be the first Asian footballer to make it. But obviously, crack, boom. Do you know what I mean? All my football coaches thought, mate, this guy is going to be the one wow. that's right And I was sick at football. My mum being an Asian parent as well, pushing me into football was like yeah. unheard of because Asians want their kids to be doctors and lawyers yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah. My mum was like, no, 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 no. If you want to do football, and your mum knew my edu- I wasn't really good in education. Like, Not that I wasn't good in it, but yeah. my concentration wasn't great. Yeah. And I was just like, my mind my wasn't into it. She encouraged me to do it. And, and obviously, when I got on Kraken, I was in college at that time anyway, and my heart went really into it anyway. So, anyway, so I had a really good reputation. I, was, I thought, I want to get back on top. I want to get back on top. So, then, uh, and that time, being a drug dealer is a good reputation. It's really weird, I know, don't get me wrong. Like, you go to a certain society now, and then, oh, drug dealer's really bad. But then, they, being a drug dealer, like, yeah, you're the man. Yeah? So, now, I've got all the customs. Yeah, all the Calvin's everyone on the streets of like Hounslow, Hanworth, Felton, all these places. Um, i my phone was just blinging and blinging and blinging. Now I start getting big food, and that's when I started making money. And that is when I first got my first started making grands. Is when my connect, obviously no names mentioned, but the person I was getting up right at the beginning who gave me the idea of becoming a drug dealer started giving me. Four and a half ounces then to nine ounces then to half a kilo and into a kilo he was given to me at such a mad price because yeah. he knew that i'm i'm doing my thing and the food is always banging so no one ever had any complaints yeah do you know what i mean so i've just taken it to another level and i've just i've smashed it i've made all my money back that i think i spent over the years i think i i i i bought this and i bought that and i bought my car and i've done this but then what the, my passion was traveling yeah and this is gets really interesting my passion for travel um, and then so this is my opportunity now to see the world
2: mm. so I'm going all
1: over the place I'm going to Southeast Asia I'm going to that like, Middle East I'm going to America and this that the other and and everyone's like oh, you can't go to America you couldn't record I was like that's bullshit there's ways of everything right and I was just you have to just have to talk and if you ever did get stuck you just have to talk again shit Basically, and, and you're good. So, I've done America, I've done all over America, I loved it, right? And and, and all the places that I wanted to go when I was growing up, it's like I'm seeing it now because I've got my own money and I've got everything. Now I'm living, yeah? And I'm thinking, right, so so for me, that all that drug use and drug taking has paid off again
2: mm. because I
1: know this business inside out, yeah, 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 yeah? That is giving me the opportunity now to travel the world. Yeah. So, I'm seeing the world and I'm going here and everywhere, and I've been cool. My business is. Top, 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 yeah. I've got yeah. Workers now, and I got everything. All right. Anyway, I'm not trying to glorify it, but it is what it is. It's a business. Yeah,
2: it's and then, um,
1: then, yeah, and then, and then, um, there's a thing called the drought. Yeah, and this is where it all starts going a bit more spiritual. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the drought kicks in. The drought is when them drugs are not available as they normally are yeah. in your country. Now, whatever the reason was at that time. Osama bin Laden was a wanted man. And all this shit in Afghanistan was like kicking off. America was... They started bombing all the opium um, fields in, wow. this, uh, in, Ameri- in Afghanistan yeah. and stuff, right? What does that mean? That means everything that... The opium yeah. that's coming out of yeah. that is coming very limited now. Yeah. And the route is obviously going from Afghanistan to Iran to this, that, the other. So now, us poor guys in England now who have a business, we can't get anything. And what we do get, we're paying extortion now and the money that we're um, getting, we're not even getting our money's worth anymore because the thing's mixed anyway. So we're like, and what I've pride my, my whole business on quality.
0: quality yeah.
1: yeah. I can't do it, so I just end up turning my phone off. Now in between that time, the police have been on to me anyway, right? There's a thing called the SCD7. I mean, I got nicked by them so many times when and they just couldn't really pin anything on me because I think I was so smart in the way I was doing things, I wouldn't let them get too close. When they do get too close, they start slipping. Because they're so eager for you to get you, they don't do their homework. And what happens to the police, they're just desperate to get you, they nick you, but they don't have enough evidence. And in this country, God bless this country when it comes to the CPS and the Crown Prosecution, that if you're not 100% sure, or, or there's, there's evidence that you haven't got enough evidence, or whatever, they throw your case out. This ain't India, where if you're guilty or not guilty, if they want to put you in jail, you'll go to jail. No, 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 no. It's quite fair. And it's in America either. Where you're getting a hundred years for like this much crack, like, do you know what I mean? That like, in this country it's quite fair, and I, and, I, and I, we I think we all took advantage of that. The fact that okay, you haven't got my phone, you haven't got this, you haven't got that, you know what? You're gonna get away with it. So they so many times they arrested me for conspiracy of intent to supply, and I got away with it. Now I fast forwarded, so I haven't really told you in between what happened at that time, but it's not important. What's important is where how the growth started, mm. and um and, and 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 I and I remember the one time I I, I was. I got arrested by a postman, and they were police dressed up as postman. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like at my girl Chantelle's <laughs> wow. at the time, and and they had this massive conspiracy on, on me. They had this like, operation on me, and I remember it was three in the afternoon, and I was on my push bike, and I was riding, I was just going for, for a bike ride. I think I went to a shop, come back, and uh, there's a postman. I was like, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. It's a bit late for a postman, is not it? So he walks up to me, and I'm putting, just about to put my bike into the driveway a bit, and uh, he goes number two. I went yeah put my hand out, take the envelope off him, and it was like, bang, bang, put me on the floor, handcuffed me, car came from this way, this way, boom, SCE7 went in on me anyway. And I thought that's it now. This is all over. This 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 good long run I've had of dealing, it's over. Do you know what I mean? it? and uh blessed my thingy man to my to my co-defendants. So I'll get to Wimbledon police station, they took me to Wimbledon, and and I saw them in the police. I was like, we doing it. So there's a massive operation that like all my whole work and my whole flipping Um, crew was arrested at the same time my my workers and everything anyway they didn't bubble me up no one grasped me up G-code like I told you and and they all done their time and they had nothing actually on me because I didn't have any phones I didn't have any gear on me I didn't have anything on me I was just happily riding my bike do you know what I mean I've come home yes you think I'm the boss but anyway that was a wake up call for me
2: Wow. but not much of a wake
1: up call because when this drought kicked in and I I turned my phone off I was like, fuck this, this is bullshit. Like, uh, 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 I'm not selling shit gear. Yeah. I'm, I'm against it. No, we tried, we went to Bradford, went here, mm-hmm. then everywhere to get food. It was just hard work, it's becoming stressful. I was like, I'd rather just count my blessings, turn mm-hmm. my phone off yeah. and chill and get out of the game. And it's really hard to get out of the game when you're on that kind of level. Yeah, I yeah? can imagine. But I always had a kind of different mentality. I was like, mate, I come like I did in India, like I came, I've had a good time, I've enjoyed myself, I'm out, do you know what I mean, I do something else. Your skills are always transferable. Mm. Got on holiday. Me and my girl, I got a new girl at this time. Yeah. All right. Chantel was always my friend. I was on the phone to the other day. Like, they, these are my, my chicks I'm very civil with all of them and very good with all of them because, um, they, I got history with them and they were there for me no matter what, all the way through my jail sentences, drug addiction, all of it. They were there for me. I'll never forget that. Do you know what I mean? They were there from the toughest times. So, um. But just, if it doesn't work out in a relationship, it doesn't work out, it's not a big thing, we just go our separate ways. So uh, me and my girl at that time, we go to Turkey and we go on holiday. All right? Now, I always remember the routes of, the route from Afghanistan to the UK is all the way through Iran, etc. Like, and yeah, it goes to Turkey, and from Turkey, it's the gateway to Europe. So when it gets, the gear gets to Turkey, then it goes to Amsterdam, London, mm-hmm. all over the place. So Turkey, if you're still getting at Turkey, that means you're getting it still mm-hmm. at its peak, like it's still yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been mixed up by all the English guys and all the Dutch guys and that there is still proper heroin. Now I've been off heroin by this time by six years. Yeah? So long, yeah. And I'm like, man, life's been great, and it's like the ups and downs, raving, partying, restaurants, all that kind of lifestyle that people are into. And at that time in my twenties. In my in my my twenties and that. I was loving it. Do you know what I mean? Going to Marbella, champagne spray, have beef, for raving. Anyway, I'm in Turkey and I think to myself, boom. Something just comes over me and I meet someone called Cosmo. Cosmo is a guy who's from a place called Antalya, but was in Marmaris at that time. And he was just working with tourists trying to make money and shit. And me and him start talking, we get on and he meets some English girl out there about a year before that. And they're married and she ends up living with him and stuff. They're living together. So I'm meeting him kind of vibe... And I started like telling him, I just then I was just in the conversation. I started talking about drugs, yeah. And I was like, yeah, man. I was like, hearing because oh, all my cousins and that deal with that. My head, my head goes again. And I think to myself, shit. And that's what I'm saying. This, this drug thing has always played a massive part in my life. So I'm there now, and I was like, mate, can we get some? And he's like, it's in Antalya. like, fuck it. And he said, Antalya's far away from mm-hmm. a Long drive. I said, look, I pay you. What's your day wage? Like obviously on your day on the, working on the beach and stuff, said, fuck that, stay with me, I'll buy you weed, I'll give you some money and he said, yeah, but just come take me to your cousin's, where he's from, I'm telling you. So he takes me to this place, me, my girl, and him go for this mad drive, yeah. Takes us hours to get there. It's experienced. experience. I, I'm, I'm having fun and driving through Turkey and shit, like, seeing this. And he's talking me through all the way the whole route, yeah, and telling me about Turkey. And I'm like, for me it's culture as well, but we're stopping over, we're getting food, and this, that, the other. Anyway, he's take me to his cousin's place called Gypsy Town. Scary place. Scary place. All of a sudden, my girl's sitting in the back, Cosmos in the front, the guy gets in. But firstly some woman tells us to go this way and she's like looks like the, the godmother of this whole operation. Wow. She's like, go there, blah blah blah. And she's like the boss woman, yeah. Mm-hmm. She tells us go, we go through Gypsy Town mm-hmm. and the guys get in. The guy gets in. now two guys get in. One guy sits next to the wall sitting my girl's in the middle now and um, he tries to touch her up in front of me now i thought there's two ways to go they know i've got money then i'm from uk yeah i could kick off i could swallow my ego and say come bruv, like i come here to do a little bit of business with you you touch it like do you know what i mean or i could say probably touching my girl they cut me up and leave me in gypsy town or whatever do you know what i mean who am i so i thought i just bit and my girl just is staunch my girl at that time she was staunch so she's like meaning like she's that like, solid she just took it and then i kind of played it in a way and i said that bruv cool but don't do that. Like, don't disrespect you. I'm here to do business. And Cosmo started talking for me and this, that, the other. Anyway, like touching my girl, I was sort of violating me, man. Like you're touching my girl, my girl's an English girl sitting in the back of a car and you're trying to touch her and shit. Anyway, anyway, I buy something off this guy. Yeah. And we do a transaction. Boom. We leave. I drive back. I'm gonna get a foil from a shop. And 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 I do it, and it's banging. It is banging. I'm like, raw. Now, remember, the last three months of being in the UK has been a drought. The shit gear has been so bad. And I do it and I think, this is proper gear. What do you think happens? Entrepreneur, what happens? <laughs> I think to myself, fucking hell, <laughs> oh, do you know what? We could do something here.
0: Yeah.
1: So then, I'm taking drugs, yeah? And I think, what am I going to do? I'm taking drugs, um, I'm enjoying the moment, I'm mm-hmm. really, and, and, and doing this and that, the other. I thought, we need to, um, i got to get this to the UK and give it to my boys and they can do something and make money and I can just stay here all that time we can go to visit Istanbul we can go mm-hmm. travelling around Turkey but now what am I going to do? how am I going to do it? so me and my girl think about it and, I, and and we get my old customer, I ring her it's a girl called Victoria and I ring her and I said, to her do you want a holiday? you're going to come here for three days mm-hmm. pick up the airport i pay for you to come but you have to take something back for me mm. and uh, she don't give a shit she's like yep, yeah, cool, done she yeah. comes over
0: I've yeah.
1: got this parcel yeah I said, let you take it back, man. There's a place called, is a meat market. In the meat market, this is where they do this tampering. Cosmo shows me everything, right? Wow. The people that he deals, they say, look, this is, yeah, you know I mean, this is how yeah. you do it. Yeah. They, 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 they mask it up completely in the suitcase, and they send the thing back, yeah. And um, so Vicky has a good holiday. She's small. She's having the time of her life, yeah. And she goes back. She gets through customs. My, Bridget, my friend picks her up takes them to the hotel, like the guest house mm. thing, Boom. opens up suitcase, mm. I tell them what everywhere it, it all is, and bang, gets it out, bang, the lines go crazy, do you know what I mean, there's no Drought. more like, dra- done, it's like, Fez's got gear, and it's under my name, everyone knows, Fez's phone tan- Fez stands on, he might be not there directly, but it's Fez's gear, so they, they have a lot of trust in it, so everyone goes crazy, he goes mad, everyone around London wants to get a piece of the pie, but I'm not having it, yeah, I didn't realise I'm causing a lot of drama, a lot of, madness for my workers and said yeah people trying to rob them it's like yeah but anyway this thing happens another three times yeah and i send Parser bigger and bigger and bigger one chick gets on yeah freya her name is she gets on the um she gets on the plane and what happened was i missed her flight the flight that she was supposed to get on she couldn't she, she i couldn't get that flight so she goes oh you're gonna have to instead of nine o'clock at night you're gonna go back and get off a Gatwick. you're gonna go through um you're gonna get in the morning so what's she gonna do i haven't got accommodation for her she'll stay with us yeah. So I let her stay with me. What do I do? I end up smoking with her. I'm smoking with her and smoking oh. with her and smoking with her. And and, and I'm dream and I'm smoking this time. Yeah. And um she gets on. Little I knew, she has a really bad fear for flying kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Even though the way she came, she was cool, but she likes Valium. Now I didn't know that. Now this gear is very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So she lets smoke bruv. She's fucked. She's like gouchy and everything. She needs to get on this flight. I'm thinking, what am I gonna do? Now I need to wake her up, I need to give her water, I need to do this, I need to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do it, yeah? But I'm going to do this, I'll give her food. Her flight is in like two hours. So I'm driving into the airport, head out the window, Amy's trying to hold her and everything. Anyway, we, we slap her up a little bit and get like, come on, come, wake up, wake up, water. She gets her right, she's cool, okay? Now, she gets on the flight, she's got gear in her suitcase, she's got everything. She takes a vanium. I didn't know if she took a vanium. She takes a vanium on the plane. Now. That Valium has kicked in the gear. Everything's just. She's a mess. She is a fucking mess on this plane, right? This is what I found out anyway later on. Anyway, she is a mess on this plane. She gets off at. They can't even wake her up. If anyone knows what Valium is and you take too many Valiums, you're fucked. They're really bad. And Diazipam um, and that. So they can't even get off the plane. So now they get her, they hold her in customs. And that's it. They they, they search her bag. Oh, it's not it. They smelt the thing anyway. Boom. I wasn't there, I don't know. So I'm ringing and ringing and ringing my Brethren and I'm ringing her phone. Her phone's off. I'm saying, mate, the flight landed ages ago. She should be there. So I tell my brethren, my friend, I said, get out of the airport. She's obviously been bagged or something's happened. Yeah, so just get out of there. Anyway, this was the biggest part of the year. and year. Um, and I was thinking as well, I'm, like, I'm going to go back now. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. You know what I mean? I've been enjoying myself in Turkey. I've gone here, there, and everywhere. I've enjoyed it. Anyway... She, they, they put her in custody, and they hold her for 24 hours. She sobers, not sobers up, but she, when she sobers up, comes off this Valium trip, she, um, she's withdrawing, clucking from heroin. Do You know what I mean? She's in a bad way. No methadone, nothing. So what did the police do? Take advantage of that. She bubbles everything up. This is what happened. They found, obviously, the Guinness, because they started questioning her on that. They said, Fez, fairs, Fez, fairs, fairs. He's here. This is what happened. This is the operation. What do Feds do? The police, yeah, they're having a field there that we've got friends. What they do, they call the um, Turkish authorities and arrest me there. Yeah, within 24 hours they come to my yard and they arrest me there and there in Turkey, right? They arrested me, me and my girl, Mm. both of us.
2: Mm.
1: They put us straight into custody. I had the worst time of my life in that custody, right? Mm. It was horrible. Mm. They hold me down, they done this, and then I tried to get out of the police station. They they tried to escape from the police station. uh, so much madness happened. Anyway, we go to jail. Me and my girl go to jail. Mm. But there's no charge. What charge have you got? Mm. There's no charge. Um, and they mm. end up keeping me there because you haven't got, you just put me in jail. But you've arrested me and you've some bullshit charge of burglary, burglary in Turkey. Because what happened was I had this bit of madness and I ended I, and up nicking, I mean nicking something. I remember breaking into over anyway, yeah, one time when I was high. And uh, anyway, they arrested me on this stupid charge of burglary. And um, they released my girl. But the English authorities are liaison with the Turkish yeah, authorities yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're keeping me there. Now, Turkey, think, what are we keeping this guy for? There's no burglary case. There's no this and that. Yeah, but they try to stick something on me but they're not. Yeah. But you, there's no actual no drug case. So the judge keeps saying, what are you holding this guy for?
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, my money's all put away somewhere else, yeah. My girl goes back to the UK and I'm like, there's a way of getting out of this. So someone tells me, like, look, my barrister tells me, we pay a certain amount of money, you could be out of this. But I said, but, I, but there's no case, Why I should fight it. Because you're in Turkey, my friend. Money talks. You're not going to try to fight this case. There is no case, I get it, but don't you want to go home? And I was thinking about it, I said, I've made money anyway. I was like, yeah, cool. So my uh, uh, no. my interpreter does everything for me.
0: Yeah. She
1: rings up Amy and she goes, look, we need to pay the judge, yeah. prosecution, uh, barrister, pay me and this that the other, and you get out.
0: It took wow. me three and a half
1: months to everyone get the money one by one. Wow. Year. Because one, I didn't want to. I couldn't. I didn't want to tell no one where my money was in the mm. UK. Secondly, I didn't want to get my mum involved, my brothers involved. And they're worried. Amy's obviously telling them that she talks to me and this, set the other. Everyone's shitting themselves. I'm in a Turkish prison. Wow. Right? Turkish prison at that time is not a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a place called Mula. I'm right, in the mountains and it's cold and it's yeah. really bad. And we put in this international cell and I've got Bulgarians with me. I've got Japanese or everything. Anyway. I'm there now, it takes three and a half months for this money to get to Turkey. In that three and a half months though, I was eating really bad. There was hot water once a week. We were in this cell, and and, and my second day there, and these are things that I'm really grateful for now. It was my second day there, and um, Sinai, which is, I'll never forget this guy, right? He is um, Bulgarian in for two murders. Uh, he's He's in my cell. Yeah. And he kind of likes me. My first day there, I've got good heart. My, my first day there, I saw everyone living like tramps. Because their families have probably forgotten about them or they haven't got the money or whatever it is. So I've come in with money and I said, look, and they said, what do you want, Fez? And I was like, "Ask asked my cellmates, what do you lot want? Do you lot need anything? They said, yeah, but I bought noodles, I bought this, I bought that, and I bought everyone cigarettes and everything, yeah? They probably like me. And that is why you do good, good will come back around on you. Right? Good karma. Because my second day there, I bought them a lot of their things, and they came to the cell that same evening. All the cigarettes came and everything. Everyone thought, this guy's cool, I'm telling my story, and telling what's happened. And the next day, the door opens, and he goes, Rafi, uh, you've got to see the doctor. They can't even speak English. So now doing the translation for me, he's this guy who's in jail for the last 10 years whatever, yeah. Um, and, and, and he's doing the translation for me, and he's saying, oh, they've got doctors. Now they're saying, look, and he just wants to go and see his friends on other wings. They, he just wants to get out of the cell. So he says, can I come and I'll do the translating for you because he's going to be able to talk and ask questions about this, that, the other and you lot don't know what he's saying and I know English and Turkish. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So they let him out and he's a bit of a celebrity in this jail because yeah. of the murders and stuff and he's from a gang called the Wolfgang, yeah? He's famous <laughs> in Istanbul. And That's then, and, 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 and so he gets out. Now we're walking up through the stairs and stuff and look at his prison, I'm seeing savages, mate. Turkish savages, I'm thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? My second day. remember that, yeah? And, um, we go, the guy locks the gate and he lets us in and we're going to see the doctor first then we've got to go and see the governor of the prison and then we've got this loads of things I've got to do that day, right? And Sinai just thinks so Sinai just talking to his mate, set the like, yeah, he's just cracking joke and whatever. And we're in a line. Little line like you yeah, we're going past these doors. Now each room is like pillows, blankets, that shit in there. It's like shit, you know. We're walking, walking, walking. Sinai's kinda of walked ahead. So I'm at the back, just like thinking, what am I doing here, man? I'm in a Turkish jail. I don't know what I'm doing. How long I'm gonna be here for? Whatever. So all of a sudden, I get pushed into this room. I get pushed into this room by another prisoner. There's two prisoners, right? One goes in, ratty-looking guy, and this other guy, big one, mustache like that, and he's massive.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. I thought they were robbing me for my trainers, mm. or robbing me or mm. something like that. Man's got me up like, by my neck. Now you got to remember one thing: I'm withdrawing from heroin.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. I'm um, haven't eaten. I've been in the police station for three days, mm. yeah? Now I'm in a jail, and like, I'm fucked. I don't, I've got no energy. I'm getting strangled like this one behind. The guy comes now. That morning, when the guy opened the cell, when he told me to get there, I was wearing box shorts and my swimming trunks I was sleeping in, yeah? And he said, no, 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 you can't wear shorts, because women in this prison, it's Muslim. Women in prison, you have to wear jeans. So instead of me taking shorts off like you normally do, I put I put my jeans on, and yeah? Which was a blessing again, because what happened was... When this guy had me by the neck like this, the other guy was trying to pull my trousers down. I thought to myself, I clocked it. This is not a robbery. This is a rape. That's this funny. is a fucking rape. So what happens is, he tries to pull them down, but what happened? Blessings from God. That day, I was wearing sewing trunks, boxers and jeans and a belt. Like, I went, like, that would never happened normally. i have never wear sewing. <laughs> by the time this guy got through my boxers, through my sewing trunks and got my jeans sort of down, which he didn't get him down, but he got him there. They're trying this at like, the other. I'm trying to elbow, I'm trying to fight, this set like, the other. Sanai, who I was good to the day before, bought him cigarettes. He must have bought a stand up guy, mm-hmm. he looked after me, this at like, the other. He didn't have to get involved. Why is he going to get involved? He doesn't even know me. But because I was good to him that night mm-hmm. before, yeah. Yeah, 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 he must have looked around for thought, where's that guy, meaning me? Where's Fez? And then someone pointed, this is what he told me after, someone pointed at me in that room. He comes in, yeah? remember he's been in jail he knows the queue in jail. Yes. he knows what's happening yeah. he's obviously got a tool on him he comes in he opens all I see is light
2: It's
1: wow. light. it was like Jesus Christ you know that like, light come in the room's open Sanai comes in clocks what's happening the skinny guy gets off because everyone knows Sanai the big guy tries to go for Sanai Sanai cuts him from here to here Yeah, this guy gets an extra three years on his sentence for me Oh, right. My word. I was. I was. I was looking after him, everything, while he was in his jail. Oh my. So meaning that three and half, I had three and a half months that time in jail, and 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 meaning that I became brothers.
2: That's mad.
1: And then he got an outside call, another two and a half years or three years on his sentence. So when I got released, anyway, eventually I was looking after him because I've lost contact with him. I'd love to kind of um, to know where his whereabouts is. Anyway, I get out after three and a half months oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then and then and then and then it was quite an emotional time because everyone got paid and they said you're going home and then they were supposed to deport me and then they deport me and then I, they wouldn't let me get out and it's like really weird they put me in detention center for a night then there was no flights going to UK that day so I had to go to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam I stayed there for a day and then I went to UK anyway go back to UK the police stopped me again and they were just onto me onto me onto me anyway and that was it from that day onwards, I got a blessing from rape right? Jail in, uh, in Turkey, and things could have been much worse, much worse, yeah? So what happens is, I have this revelation, I think I have to sit now, I have to kind of change. And then when I saw that light that day, it was like, it was like God was watching it over me, I was like, this could have turned really messy. And that is where my spiritual journey started, mate, to be perfectly honest. So all the traumas for the last 10 years, 10, 15, 12, 13 years, whatever, yeah? I was like, wow, anyway. So now I'm in the UK and I think to myself, um, what am I going to do with my life? I don't want to sell drugs. I've done it. I'll count my blessings. I've uh, evaded prison in Turkey, proper prison time in Turkey. Not no Midnight Express shit, like proper bad, yeah. I've just got away from a rape. I'm blessed. I'm breathing. I've beaten crack addiction. Not beating it, but I mean, like, I stopped smoking because it was shit. I got to smoke, I've smoked in Jamaica and Barbados, I've smoked the highest of the high.
2: Yeah? yeah.
1: I've smoked heroin in India and in Turkey. I was like, I'm done now. I'm done with it. So I come back, what am I gonna do? My brother's getting married, yeah? And um while we're at this ma- at the wedding, I'm there it's in uh, a place called Asturias, yeah, in North Spain. we okay, there, my brother's best mates there. Now I didn't know, my brother's best mates have always been quite influential to me, you I've always looked up to him and this is Riz, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm basically that family but he's mm. not actually my family member he's at the wedding he's like what are you doing i was like boy this is the story this has happened in my life and then, and then he went look mate i got a few bars now i didn't know Colombo how big they were right because i've been in such a different kind of environment different circle yeah
0: yeah, I didn't yeah.
1: Know, and yeah. he was like mate why don't you let me get back to the uk after this wedding give me a shot i have a job for you yeah i get back to the uk and i'm trying to size things up and i'm i don't I, like i've been blessed i've been blessed by, by God and do you know what I mean I was like I'm not I don't want to go back down now really I don't want to do it anymore so I was like cool I've had a, such a good time and like I said it wasn't all my friends are, are drug dealers now to this day and for me I just never my thing was never it just was for fun and it was just like I never looked at it like this is, this nice. is me yeah. because I'm, I think it's just my upbringing my family really, i got a really good positive yeah. family who are really um, caring
0: Yeah,
1: and they, they didn't know how to handle me but they were there, and just be, just just being there and being good people was enough for me. Do you understand? My mum was who visited me in every jail I've been to over the years. Do you know what I mean I used to go to jail quite a lot, and and meaning in between that time, just on Ramon, not convicted, but sent there on to be held for these conspiracy charges, and then get to court. And it's like we 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 we're, we're, we're quitting this case. It's mm-hmm. not enough evidence, and they throw me out. But I've still done three months in jail mm-hmm. waiting for this, and now just throwing the case out. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was happening quite a lot mm. so um so by this time i was like look i want to own a thingy i'm gonna start fresh now i to do my thing so i ring riz and riz goes to me look brother um i've got this new venue opening, in uh brixton called the blue's kitchen and i said blues Kitchen, he goes, yeah i've got one in shoulder going in camden opening in brixton do you want to start work and i thought all right cool i'm gonna do it and i, I didn't think nothing of hospitality the only i've only seen this side of hospitality right so I was like, all right, cool. Now, in between this time, when I was in Turkey, I was praying five times a day. I'm in a Turkish prison. You can hear the azan, the calling of prayers. And I get mad right. into it. And I'm wow. praying at like, the maddest times of the morning, a yeah. thing called tahajjud, This is not the five times prayer, but it's optional. Yes. But it's like a really powerful prayer. Yeah. While I'm there, now I've seen the light when I was nearly hitting ready. That light just hit me. Yeah. yeah, I'm praying five times a day loads of shit could have happened right and i just keep feeling grateful and i just get this mad feeling inside of prayer and 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 the praying and and i strongly believe that prayer is what got me away from all of this yeah even changed my brain so i get back and i start working in hospitality yeah i get back and and my life changes come and and for someone who's come from my background and my life and different things i do to be working in a bar restaurant thing taking orders of other people which is cool But like taking orders of people that I wouldn't even pay attention to back in the day but like do this and do that, I was a host, I was the host of this place and like I said your skills are transferable so all that interaction, all that service, all that doing, I just put it from drug dealing into hospitality. Anyway, that's my work, alright, and I I developed and developed and developed but Riz is the one who kind of got me out of that and made me snap out of that and I was going for a divorce at the time and he said, you know what, come move in with me, I don't really want you in West London, I was leaving my brother at the time don't really want you West London because like mm-hmm. that's where so, you're doing yeah. your thing so I moved to Camden with him and now so i got prayer gratefulness and living with my cousin like, like a cousin yeah. with me who showed me a complete different life now he's showing me a complete different yeah. world of like play football with actors and doing this mm-hmm. and doing that working hospitality people I wouldn't even now at the beginning I, was, I struggled a little bit because the way I talk or the way I was doing things and Rated, uh, like, I was like, oh, I, I, it's a bit out of my comfort zone, yeah? Because all I know is, like, gangsters and root boys and this and that, girls from this estate and girls from that estate and girls... Do you know what I mean? I knew about that world. I didn't know about this world. So it took me time to kind of get used to it. But when you have a character and you have certain skills, mate, you just, you're just you a chameleon. You can just kind of adapt to all environments, yeah? love
2: that.
1: And, 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 and that's what I did. And, and I really enjoyed it. But I moved to um, and lived in Hackney. Yeah. and there was a mosque behind my house yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ramadan yeah. Mosque and, yeah. and I'm there now and I'm, and I'm already religious by this time I'm praying five times a day I'm doing my thing I'm trying to do charity I'm trying to do everything now I'm getting better and better and better I want to work for this mosque now I want to do a job in the mosque as voluntary while I do hospitality I want to do this now hospitality is full of alcohol, drugs and this and that but it's all about the discipline now God didn't ask us to um, all be monks and live in a cave and Practice Islam, no. You have to be in the firing line, mate. You have to be around those temptations. That's why the devil's here. To tempt us to do certain things, But The ones who are strong will beat that. So, do you know what I'm saying? So, so, so I was alright with us, but people say to me, now I'm in a certain community of Muslims and saying, yeah, but you work in us, but I was like, mate, don't watch me. I don't know about my journey, innit. Like, I know what I'm doing. Now, I'm strong. Now, I've, been, I've done the highest of the higher, yeah? yeah
0: so mate, I thought, no, 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 I'm
1: cool, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm alright with it. And, um, at this time,
2: That's I'm,
1: um, I met a guy called Egg, yeah? Mm. Egg, right? Erkan. He's the owner of the mosque, and his story is even madder than mine. Like, he, they put him in jail for 12 years for something he didn't do. The police are on him, and, like, loads of shit. And he's been, and I can relate to this guy. He was, like, like an older brother, like an uncle, more or less, yeah? And I was like, wow, this guy, me get really tight, right? This is my local mosque. It's like a stone throw away from my house where I'm living in Dawson. And um, I go there all the time. Every day, I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him, he's telling me about stories and this, I'm really impressed by him. But I love the fact that he's so cool and owns a mosque, doesn't even know much about Islam, but he's just down with me because he's charitable and a good guy. And I feel like him a little bit, that I feel like, do you know what I mean? I come from this, 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 and he's, been into the, he's really been in the 80s and 90s of the UK and London, yeah? And in Hackney as well. And he's telling me, he's telling me mad stories, I'm really impressed with him. Anyway, so now he's got me channeled into his conversation and his wavelength everything he's saying is really like getting to me i'm loving it he tells me about this thing called ayahuasca
0: oh shit
1: he tells me about this thing called ayahuasca and he says to me young blood you need to do this thing i want you wow. to i want you to take a drink with me wow. and now i start researching now we got we're, we're a day we're a ty- time we're a time now where google you can just do anything now you could just and ayahuasca yeah, that day I remember going on reading about ayahuasca and I'm watching shit on YouTube I'm watching all this tribal shit and I'm thinking my thing as a kid was always I want to get higher than Ayahuasca is a complete different high mm. yeah and I'm saying this is more of a spiritual high and I've already jumped on my my journey <laughs> yeah, yeah, of spirituality yeah, yeah. in Turkey in yeah. this prison right yeah. hearing that, that call to prayer and all that in the mornings it's just really it's like
2: yeah.
1: I was feeling things and when I got released from jail I still just felt I could stay here I could stay in this job because I was so at peace within wow, myself for my prayer now I, when I tell people this too they're like mm, you, you yeah you say you're religious or you say you're this and that yeah ayahuasca said a drug and I was like like I said don't watch me it's my journey it's, if this is a calling it's a calling and when I tell people that's the calling about ayahuasca it's a calling, it's a right? calling. and I was like this thing is just drummed into me now and yeah. egg i bless them to this day I'll always pray for that guy because he introduced me to it all yeah so I'll get religious praying, cool, I'm reading the Quran, I'm trying to do my best, right, now, there's two things, I'm going to tell you the two, best experiences of my life, right, well, there's obviously fun I've had, like travelling, and but, was my pilgrimage to Saudi Arabia, wow, yeah, I was going to do an Umrah, which is the pilgrimage, but not not a Hajj, but I mean, when it was a bit lighter version, than in Saudi Arabia, I'd done that, that same year, okay,
0: cool,
1: and when I came back from there, wow, I'd done the ayahuasca for the first time, wow, imagine that year for me now this year this was about four years ago yeah four years ago so so yeah cool religion's part of it yeah sweet ayahuasca i've been told about it so i say to egg man and and, and to egg i say to him look man i want to do it so he arranges it all i said well i can we do it in the new year because i'm going to for christmas mm-hmm. and i'm while, I, while while i'm at work and i'm doing really well at work by the way and i'm really enjoying myself and it's christmas holidays mm-hmm. and i'm thinking you know what I've got a chance to go and do my pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I booked my thing. And it was the maddest experience at that time. It was the maddest experience. Because it was like things, the Mecca, you see it in photos. You see it in TV. You see this and that. You see thousands, thousands, thousands of people praying towards Gibla, which is the black box, right? And they're praying. They're crying and everything. And they said, when you people told me, when you get there, when you look up to it, Watch how you like. Just you'll feel, feel it. So I remember going into this place, and just loads of noise and loud. And, and by this time, I'm wearing a whole thing, right? The, the pilgrimage attire, and um, and I'm ready for it. And I don't. I, and I'm ready for it, but I'm still like scared as well. Like, wow, this is man. And then I thought to myself, when I do this, this is it now. It's done. I'm over. It's over. So I go there, and I remember looking down. I'm walking in. And I remember looking down. I'm looking up, and I looked at this, and I saw like that yeah and all i got is flashes of my prayer mat growing up seeing my prayer mat and then i got flashes of like drugs and jail and this and that and i saw it i was like i'm actually here the place that we have been praying towards all my life and then it's like the other who's played a part in my life all the way eid so i might not been practicing all my life but eid has played ramadan and we've done it all like my family are quite good like that i'm there i'm there and that is it the next five days become the most spiritual thing ever. I'm like, I didn't even go back to my hotel. I was sleeping in the mosque. I'd go there and go there quickly, shut, and come back and pray and read and read and I was asking for forgiveness day and day out, wow. minute after minute. I went, I don't know, I don't know. I went from Mecca to Medina, all the way through, and the kind of people I met and told my story and told them this and told them that, and I was telling everyone, and and, and it wasn't about even about everyone else. It was about. I was talking. It was my first time. I felt like I was really talking to God, Allah, and I was wow. saying to Him, "Look, man, I am so sorry. Like, like, please forgive me for all the shit I've done, all the drugs I sold, all the drugs I took, all the bad, and all the people I robbed, all the hurt I caused my mum." And it was just like crazy. Five days, yeah, five six days. I was. How like. did you
0: get to that point where you realised that's what you needed?
1: Um, what you needed, yeah. When I looked up, when I looked at the Qibla, yeah. my legs went like jelly. It's just like, I and I was like, I was like. All that time that like you, 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 oh, yeah. you, you you wanna you wanna get high and you wanna yeah, do this yeah. or whatever it was, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: That feeling you get when you look at that, it was like, oh my god, this is better than any high. Being okay. here with all the brotherhood and all the sisters and everyone here, this is like the maddest thing ever, right? And uh, I'm there, and how it felt to ask God's forgiveness, and I felt right. Wow, it feels it felt like God is forgiving me. And he's like man you can start fresh now any clothes you need anything you need any guilt wow, that you felt, all the so all deep. the hurt that you caused girls in the past i cheated before and i know and, and all that and i was just begging like every it specific is, yeah. thing that i think i could remember at that time i asked for forgiveness and it felt like you are forgiven Now people are forgiven people say when you do give when you do like, oh you know what? all your sins are forgiven yeah people just say it willy-nilly but it it felt like god's actually forgiven me for this and like, i can't let him down now like you've helped me through all of this I can't just say, yeah, yeah, you know what, you helped me through jail in Turkey, you helped me through this and that, and yeah, now I'm going to put two fingers up and say, you know what, cheers for that. I'm going back to my old life. I said, I could never go back to my old life anymore.
0: That's amazing.
1: And the people that, who, 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 who God's had brought towards me, Egg, Riz, all these people, I'm like, right, these were like messengers from, that, not messengers, but these were like people put, to lead me the way. Yeah, God has yeah, put these little things yeah. in there in place for me to kind of learn. So yeah. when I get back, I'm in this mad, Place now, I come back and I don't want to work anymore. What do I do then? That. that's not, I, 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 you have to be careful with that because yeah,
2: yeah, I don't want to become
1: a ma- It's yeah. like too much. It's like, no, you still have to earn a living. You still yeah. you have a responsibility have to in London. Be and they said, Yeah, and you've got to do your thing. And I'm doing well at my work. Yeah. Anyway, I tell Egg about the whole experience. And like, everyone's proud of me. And they said, Right, you done Umrah. And it's coming mm-hmm. from where you come from. Like, you was in like jail. And yeah, yeah, they yeah, said, Yeah, and you just done an Umrah on your own accord. You didn't get taken by a family. Or, yeah. or, like, oh, you know what? Come. And I was like, Oh, yeah, okay, cool. You went on your own accord, you paid your own money and this, that, the other. And then, Egg says, you ready to do that thing? We've got a, a drink. we got a ceremony coming up. Yeah? And I was like, at that time, I didn't want to do it because I it wasn't because I was scared of it because I thought, am I contradicting everything i just done? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm now, I'm in limbo, and I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? I call, I do my prayers. And I'm there now, It's a thing called istakara, and you ask God for like guidance and this idea—it's you know, it's the God that wasn't working for me. And I was praying and I was asking, like, show me a sign or something. Yeah, it wasn't working, so I went with my gut feeling, and that could have been the feet—I don't know—that could have been the sign. But the gut feeling was to go and do it. So I was like, ah, cool. Now, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what. I, I don't know what to do. And I was like, okay, I'm just like reading. Just I, don't, I can't. I can't explain what was going through my head that day. I was like feeling guilty as well like my god's given me everything and, and now i'm just gonna I have to do a drug again but then i didn't look at it as a drug everyone's saying to me it's not a drug it's like it's medicine. medicine man mm. and i was like all right cool so he takes me to this mad place in the uk and everyone's there and i'm thinking you're right and i said you know what just for my own self i was like i'm gonna i'm i've got the beads and i'm just doing prayers praying i wear a whole jubba on purpose yeah i do a whole islamic kind of like attire, and i was like no 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 so I don't want anyone to think that I'm looking at this as or think I just just for my own psycholo- psych- psychologically I wanted to know that, that just so God knows. Yeah. I'm
0: here
1: for you. I'm you, I'm you. This, I don't believe in this as my God and this that yeah. Like, yeah, but this is I'm just doing this because I want yeah. to be open up my my mind yeah. to something else. And you're
0: following your yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm doing it. My everyone says you've got to do an intention. It's like, yeah, my intention is that to be a good Muslim and to be a good person and become a good human being and just have closure yeah. with all that yeah mm, so that's... I'm sitting there and uh, everyone's like am doing this thing can like, okay, you come up so I go up to this thing I did a drink and I'm like cool now you remember I, I've taken drugs in my life <laughs> and I'm like, my tolerance level was pretty high I like, can yeah. imagine do it and they're like doing this they're, they're, they're chanting they're doing this and doing that everyone's in there um anyone come up for another? thing doing ting do the come up. I was like yeah I'm going straight up I want some more mate top that shit up yeah now it's hitting me, second drink though, no. I take the second one, I set back down, boom. I'm like there, I've gone bang. I've gone flying into another universe mate. I've gone to another universe, I'm on another planet, yeah? Mm. And I'm thinking, what the fuck, where am I? Now that thing I got outside of Arabia and that thing I got this and that, the other and all, it was like everything has just flashed back into time. And I was like, boom, boom, boom. Now, things that I thought maybe might have... I didn't think they were trauma and stuff because I had such good memories of my dad. And I thought, like, what's the trauma, babe? I was talking to my dad, yeah? I was chatting to my dad. And it was, like, it was like he was there in his room in my old, old house in the suburbs. And I was chatting to him. And I was like, how are you even here? And I'm like... Wow. and And and, I, and I'm saying, look, dad, sorry, innit, for everything that I've done. Even my son this is your journey, my friend. Like, just enjoy it. It's cool. My dad's talking to another level and it was like, what? And I'm like, so my dad's (laughs) alright. My dad's alright with everything I've done. So I'm alright. So that guilt one not set the other. Then I'm like, yeah, but all that shit that I've done to all the girls and done drugs. It's like, mate, have you asked Allah for forgiveness? I was like, yeah. God is the most merciful. He's the most forgiving. He'll forgive you. If you are sincere, Yeah. Mm -hmm. In your prayer. Yeah. My dad was never religious. Yeah. Never religious. But that is it. But my dad, Allah knows that. God knows that. How much I looked up to him and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. He's telling me all this. And I'm there and I'm this and that. Mate. By the time I finish my trip now. Yeah. I've gone from place to place and I've gone to different times. I went, I went from there. I watched. I watched. It was like I was watching at my age now. Watching myself at different stages in my life. I remember watching myself in jail. I remember watching myself at Coliseum. I remember exactly what I was wearing at Coliseum. Mm. I remember going to all these places, like flashbacks, yeah, of every time of my life that played a part in my life, yeah. And I'm going back there and it was, I, it wasn't a healing, but it was like, just mm. a, it was like so, such a beautiful, beautiful yeah. feeling to go to these places and visit these places.
0: I guess also it's like being at peace with your journey. Mm.
1: I was, I was, I, I, and, and it's so right, you're right, because I was at peace with it and I was like, yeah. I was like, oh man, but I've done this, I've done that. It's like a piece it's like, look, it is what it is. Yeah, man. What else can you do? What yeah, you yeah. gonna go? It's not. It's, my name is Earl. I'm gonna go to every single person I've done uh, a bad to, and I'm gonna say I ask for forgiveness. No, I'm gonna ask God for forgiveness, yeah. and I hope you can put good forgiveness in yeah. their heart so yeah. they don't think bad of me. And
0: forgive yourself.
1: Forgive myself for everything I've done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I forgive myself for putting my body through what I put it through, and all the shit I've done and hurting my mind. like, forgive myself, mm. and then that is it, and then from there ayahuasca I've done another two drinks after that and um, and it's just getting better and better to be perfectly honest it's, <laughs> it's just getting better and better because Love I'm going that. I'm, I'm going to things that I forgot all about yeah. that you're going to I'm talking like my dad's touch. I can I remember touching my dad's wow. beard as a kid and I'm feeling that I can feel my dad and I'm like oh my god this is well weird but my, my my journey is just I think it's just starting now like it's it's
0: wow yeah I think I need
1: another I think I'm going to do another three or four drinks well I don't know I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to do it there again.
0: Yeah.
1: And, I, and, I, and, I, and I just want to... I don't know what I'm actually looking for, mm. but it has put closure yes. on yeah. the drugs I took. It's put closure on life of crime. Wow, wow. It's, it, it, it's made me think that I don't feel ever, even if the hardest of times, I'd never drug deal again.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I don't feel ever smoke crack again. I'd yeah. never smoke heroin again. I'd never do any of that shit again. Because it's been such a mad journey and this is such a way to kind of... To close that door, I'll be honest with you, it was my religion and Ayahuasca together. Putting them together is like, I closed that door. But, yeah. I was, I, but I'm happy about that. I'm yeah, happy yeah, what yeah. was in yeah.
0: that room. Yeah, love that. I think that's really important. Yeah. But why do you, do you have any like reflection on like, because I feel like sometimes, you know, they say that you, you choose your path before you come into this life and it's yeah, what
1: well, uh, yeah no 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 so we have the similar thing in islam okay. we say we say what's it what's your your which is like the... Yeah. your what's your fate yeah? yeah so what's written is written yeah. and then and then they say that your prayer can change the the journey yes. it can yeah. change the journey and it depends on how sincere it is I love that. but um uh, i i do believe and i think i i, 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 I yeah you're right cuz it. And i can't yeah. answer certain questions i was going to say where I, do you think I, I, I can't answer certain questions because then, you know like... There's no, I'm not one of those kind of people that yeah. blags it and says, yeah, 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 this, is that, no. If I don't know something, I won't, yeah. I'll I tell you, I don't know it. And where but do
0: you think, like, all, everything you've experienced, because the thing is, not many people get to have that kind of experience in life, right? Mm. Some people just do that thing and just work and, like,
1: yeah. have a very peaceful life, and you know? And have peaceful life, yeah. Where, and, 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 and I think...
0: Where do you think this is, like, taking you?
1: Um, I, I. to be honest with you, I... I I can't. I, I I really don't know, and I I can honestly I don't know. But okay. I knew all the way from from a young age though, yeah. that my life was never going to be mediocre. I remember sitting in. I remember sitting in in my classroom and my in in college yeah. and stuff like that, and places I've been to, even in jail and stuff. And we were sitting in association, mm. and I was watching everyone, and watching everyone's back, and just trying to picture everyone's backstory, thinking where life they've come from, what life mm. they lived, yeah, and yeah. their backgrounds, and, and I was like, I, I I just can't. I don't see myself. Not me. It's not me. <laughs> And I was always, a, I was always, yeah. a, what's it called? I was always like, not a loner, but I mean, I always had crews yeah, yeah, yeah. and clips, But I never just was into one. I was yes. just like float, yeah, yeah, I always yeah, floated through yeah, float life. Off. Yeah. And 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 I and I think that and I, so I, right now I don't know, like my life changed in, in since I've been in hospitality and leaving that, mm-hmm. and when I moved out of West London,
2: Plus And I
1: said, and it changed massively. Yeah. And even the thing, even the things I do, and and then I met my girl. Mad. And she she brought a whole complete different spin on the game, from Barcelona, mm-hmm. and then that was open to this, that, the other, like things that I would never even think of, like the thing about vegan, and yeah. this, that. It's, and that, that all changed, and my whole outlook changed, and then um the way I was, even with my relationships with yeah. my exes, I never yeah. gave that much love to them, and this, that, the other, and I, and I feel bad for the way I am, how I was, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: how I am now, because, but it wasn't their time, it wasn't yeah. our time, it yeah. didn't work, we yeah. didn't work, it is what it is. Yeah. But how I look at the world now is completely different to how I looked at it back yeah, in the
0: day. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I think it's amazing that you are still so open to it. You, like, you don't know because that's also very, um, it's when you tune into the possibility, you know. It's like, like you can go anywhere from there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. I'm at, I'm at, the, I'm at, the, not across from, because I don't know where I'm going. but yeah. right now, especially now with this pandemic and, mm. and what's happening in the world, yeah, I'm man. just going to live every day as it yeah. comes. I'm gonna fuck off to Mexico and I'm gonna chill. And I don't know when I'm gonna come back, but I'm gonna do that for now. And hopefully, yeah. my next drink will will guide me because right yeah. now I just yeah, yeah I get I get my yeah. faith gets stronger and stronger. Lovely. But I mean the drink I think will guide me yeah.
0: to I'm, where I need to go next. I'm excited to see where mm-hmm. your journey is going to take you.
1: Well, I'm excited as well. To be fair, to be honest. Well,
0: thank you so much for sharing. me. Yeah, no, mate, with
1: it's right. uh, it is, it's been yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> I loved it. I've actually really loved oh,
0: it. Glad like talking. It
1: brought back well, some memories and it brought back yeah. some, um, some good, yeah, good times actually.
0: I'm just going to ask you two more questions. Come on. Do you have any advice for anyone who's going who could be going through something similar? Before?
1: Oh, mate, I. I, I how long have you got <laughs> but now nah, yeah, the advice that, sure. yeah. <laughs> no, no no the advice is i'll be honest with you the advice is that i know this is really cliche but there is light at the end of the tunnel however, however yeah however you take your experiences what you're going through yeah now no. i i, I, I I don't have a massive following on Instagram but the people that are on my Instagram and stuff like that
0: your Instagram it's, is amazing everyone yeah. follow <laughs> it, it,
1: it, what it's it so is it, it, it's so good it's more about the people that are where I'm from or anyone right. yeah is that if you people know where I come from yes. to, to be able to to broaden their horizons now you'd think a little Indian boy from the suburbs this yes. the other who, who, who who's travelled how I travel and see things how I see things and that that don't just think that your thing's limited because you're from a shitty little town. Mm. You, mate, the world is your oyster. The I'm,
0: world is your worst. Yeah,
1: and I mean that. Like, I would never <laughs> think I would be here, there, and everywhere I doing my that. thing. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I would want people to understand that that you could be a crackhead one day, but next day you could be and traveling the world, mate. Like it happens. there, there is a way and chance of yeah. doing it. You just have to kind of just know what you want, focus, and think. You know what? I don't want. Like, it's hard to be on drugs and travel, trust me, it is, yeah, as much as people would love to do it, it's hard to be on drugs like that and travel, yeah, but you have to kind of put the pipe down, yeah, and then you have to think, you know what, what do I want more? The high? is it? Am I getting high anymore? Am I really enjoying this buzz anymore? Um,
0: yeah, yeah, it's I'm that, not, it sounds like you found such a, a deeper
1: meaning. Yeah, yeah, so much more deeper than yeah, smoking crack, Yeah, yeah? yeah? And much, much more deeper than the biggest one is money. You know what I mean? Everyone oh, thinks, yeah, right. crap, okay, that's a high, but everyone's chasing this rap race. That's everyone's so chasing true. the money. Everyone's chasing the money. I was like, I want something much more deeper than this.
0: That's Yeah. So true.
1: And I was like, oh, I, I, and you know what? That deepness is that whether I sleep in a tent or sleep in a five-star hotel or whatever, there's so much more out there. And, 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 and then fucking chasing the money, man. That's it. That's 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 my that's, that's that's my advice that there is light in the yeah. tunnel that like you can keep it moving and you Love can do that. so many other things. Mm.
0: Nice. And then one more. What does freedom mean to you?
1: Freedom, wow. It goes back see you now, I just had a flashback now yes. of the, the screw and um, the the guard saying to me, Fez, um I said, Gov, I need to have a shower. Nah 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 it's a banger, it's locked down, the whole jail's locked down. I said, What do you mean locked down? There's been this and that, there's someone's been stabbed on the other wing so they've locked the whole jail down and i remember sitting there thinking i just want to have a shower i just want to have and i have to ask and beg and still don't get the opportunity to have a shower sitting in jail so that that cell is it is is uh, is a a representative of the life that i was living that you're trapped that i have to ask someone to go and have a shower or i have to do this and do that now freedom for me now is one i got no police Mm -hmm. on my back Mm. I got no conspiracy that like conspiracy theories, conspiracy yeah. cases, cases on me. Yeah. I got no. Um, I got my <laughs> mum happy. Every time I see her, I can see joy in her, and that the journey that yeah. I've of, what I've been on and where I've come from. My brothers, mm. me, and my brothers weren't that close. Like we've always been close, but the way I talk to them now is completely different. They look at me as like
2: mm-hmm. an adult
1: now and a man now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean? Before that, they see me in and out of the house, this that the other, um, mm-hmm. and and I'm ex- not I don't need acceptance, but I mean accepted by all societies. Like I could go back to the hood and that, and 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 the junkies. I got love from them. I got love from this yeah, girl. I got love from that person. Um, and and just the being being able to um. Just wake up every day, be happy, mm. and 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 really, and then I mean this, I know people just there, but I just smile every day, and I'm like, right, man, what a fucking journey has been me. You know what I mean? mean? Freedom thing? for me man. Freedom for me is that to be able to, you know what I
0: mean? Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop completely. Yeah, and I feel like it m- your um definition of freedom must be so different from going to prison, you know. Yeah. Of so course, of course, of course, course, course. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been emotional, mate. It's been a, it's been it's been a roller coaster, but yeah. we're out here, innit? We're here. We out here living. we're living. We're living.
0: We're living. Wait, you know what, what
1: was the thing that you kept saying? Um, it's my life. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's just what we do, innit? It's, it's like, what, <laughs> what we do. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. That That's jokes. That's joke. that a joke. That was our uh, ayahuasca thing, innit? Yeah,
0: eaten, we had an ayahuasca ceremony together.
1: Mm. That was a good one, still. I went. I buzzed out on that one. I I went to another. Remember like mm. I told you I went to another planet.
0: Cool.
1: Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Another Amazing thank you. story. Any
0: final words?
1: Nah, <laughs> nah. No, no, just love and light, mate, to everyone. I'm telling mm. you. Yeah. Show love in it. Thank you. Show love, man.
0: Yeah, and receive it.
1: And receive, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course, and be good, mate. Be good. Yeah. I'm telling you, be good. Just be a good human being, man.
0: Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs>